I think my niece Allie was pushed off that ledge. From the network that brought you Cruel Summer comes the watchful eye. People will do despicable things to get their hands on a fortune. Did you see anything or hear anything? These people play really dirty. Yeah, so do you. There are lies everywhere. If we pull this off, we're set for life. Get out now. And eyes everywhere. It feels like someone's always watching you. <laughs> they have to pay for what they did. The Watchful Eye. Series premiere January 30th on Freeform and stream on Hulu. That way, that way we could get Bill WD-40 into the chat room and uh, go from there. Yeah, because, you know, you need Bill WD-40 to lube things up. There he is, right there. All right, Ross Lambda, Worsley. Uh, who else do we have here? Evan Walters. Yeah, you know the rest, buddy. Vaughn Patrick, Susan Go. nice to have you here. Skip to Malou, thanks for coming on in. Hi, Vaughn Patrick. And uh, Jessica S- Good to see you. Matthew Gutka, thank you for joining us. Hi, Ozzy Sue, Dirty Filth, Ross Lambda, Stephen Edmund, and I'm going to call this guy shit. Why not? That's his name right there. That's awesome. That is... <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Uh, Lily Pond, thank you for joining us. Doug Shelby is here. The Doug Shelby has arrived, which means we can officially start this show. Horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor and hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. we got a great show planned for you tonight. We're going into the monster hunting world. Travis William Mustus will be with us momentarily. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio will be here for the abbreviated cryptid report. And it's Dave 101 night, and we'll have the news as well. All right, let's get right to it, shall we? Travis William Mustus is an actor, artist, writer, starring in APTN's Secret History of the Wild West and various other shows across many different platforms. He is a knowledge story holder of his Cree people in his area in northern Alberta, Canada, and is an active UFO paranormal investigator. Here today to share some of his experiences with UFOs, Bigfoot, and ancient connections of Native America to the Star Nations and Universe Beyond. He has become a quite the fan favorite 
favorite here on Spaced Out Radio. And Travis, it is always a pleasure to have you here on the show, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back. Uh, so happy to you know share more. I got more to tell. Well, you know what? For our audience, because since you're on, our audience is always changing. And uh, you know what? We're always gaining new voices, new faces around here, new people listening. How did you become a monster hunter, my friend? Oh, uh, you know, it was uh, alongside of my uncle and his uh, his ventures. Uh, a lot of the teachings from both of my uncles, actually, a lot of my family was into it. Uh, uh, long history with dealing with these uh, beings and cryptids. Uh, but we just, you know, we had different names for them. And uh, we, and most, some of them are spirits and dimensionals as well. So, uh but like I said, this goes back to to my great great grandfather, Chief Headman Mustas, who signed the Treaty Eight in nineteen, or sorry, in eighteen ninety nine, uh, June twenty first, and uh, that was uh, the Treaty Eight. So um, he was there signing that with uh, his brother Kinosiot. The two brothers signed it for our nation. It's one of the biggest treaties in all of Canada. Um, it's part of it. A lot of it has to deal with um, like the most, <laughs> uh, I guess I should say, most uh, biggest percentage of the boreal forest. Um, a lot of these cryptids run around and run freely and, and also part of parts of the mountains as well. So uh, we have a lot of history. When, when, Years. When, when you were growing up, was this what you wanted to do following the family tradition of chasing down these cryptids and paranormal spirits and UFOs and aliens? Was that something that you had on your mind? Uh, well, when it came to the Akakosak, I'm not, uh, when it came to them, the star people, uh, when it came to them, it was really, I was, I was really drawn to it. Um, when it, when it comes down to the other tales, like of mystical beasts and, uh, cryptids that were, well, we dealt with or we're dealing with, um, those, um, beings came over time, right? Like as I was growing up to be warned about, you know what I mean? More or less like uh, these came as like a, like a, a cautionary tale, you know, I should say, and our cautionary, um, Yeah. You know, for most people across North America and in the Western world, monsters are something that are, you know, hiding in our closets or under our bed at night. And that's why we tuck ourselves in. You know, we, we don't look at things, uh, Travis, as, you know, outside of maybe Bigfoot, the popularity there. Some people believe that their houses or workplaces are haunted, and many people do believe that there are UFOs and alien life out there. But there is so much more to the cryptid world than just those three things. And you have dealt with a plethora of these creatures. How do you tell the rest of the world that these creatures truly exist on our timeline? Well, see, so a lot of it is in the, you know, in the, in the higher dimensions and realities that we just aren't perceiving, or we, you know, aren't uh, used to perceiving. Some of us can. Some of us vibrate at a higher higher frequency that picks up on these uh, levels of vibration in our universe. Um, yeah, everything has uh, dimensions within it, and uh, and a lot of these uh, uh, dimensions are connected through. Uh, uh, divine connection or spirit are in these a lot of times uh, ceremony does take place before these uh encounters do happen or or uh before these beings do show themselves or or uh you know uh before we're given guidance on showing how to deal with them 
Uh, sometimes these beings are angry spirits, like there are that, like human spirits, very angry human spirits. And there are, uh, like I said, uh, other uh, very gracious human spirits out there as well, too, that, you know, that are, you know, existing still that have a job still to do on that on that plane of existence. And uh, yeah, um, it's very real. Uh, all Everything all has spirit, um, plants, the animals, you name it, uh, including these beings. Uh these uh, cryptids and and uh, all these uh, sorts of um, star beings and star nations all have these uh, these spirits as well. These uh, and um, yeah, whether or not they whether you know they follow or they believe in that, but uh, this is where we got a lot of our teachings from, and a lot of our language came from the sky, the star people, and uh, this was uh, you know passed down generation to generation. All these uh, the way we do things in our traditions and our ceremonies are all based on these laws that were given by the star nations and people. And, uh, so like, uh, like I said, this is like, uh, for us it, growing up for me, like that, that was a teaching right off the bat. So like, um, to experience a lot of these different, uh, entities when they do show themselves or when they do interact with our physical realm or plane, or when they come into our existence, um, that's, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's it, it for me. It, it just kept uh, expanding more and more as I started to, uh, uh, I guess I should say, open my uh, uh, higher perceptions to it. <laughs> I gotta ask you: are, are there a lot of monster hunters like you on this planet? You know, because I I've always wondered. I mean, look, it, it, I'll be honest with you: being a monster hunter is the coolest bloody term in the world. Okay, it really is, and. You know, if I were you, I would totally have business cards that said Travis William Ustus Monster Hunter on them. I totally would. You know, but are there a lot, even outside of the First Nations, are there a lot of monster, true monster hunters out there? I've, I've met a lot of um, a lot of people who are uh, into, uh, like, uh, they, they would take out spirits out of houses and stuff like that, and... Uh, like uh, that, like you said, out of outside of our uh, native uh, people, like uh, I met other gifted individuals. Like I met somebody who was able to take demons out of people, and like uh, all these different uh, techniques and things they knew about the force that I didn't know. And you know what I mean? And uh, they like because they were on a you know like a really uh, intuitive level, right? So they were able to show me some stuff too, and um, and teach me some things that help me de- deal with these uh, cryptids and creatures and. And whatnot but um but yeah she was very perceptive and she knew a lot of uh she was able to communicate and uh on on that level too and uh yeah uh, yeah and um like i said in our nation too we had a lot of people that were uh, able to that were doing the monster hunting too we had there was like a few people in our like uh they're they're passed away now but uh the one man was named mr strong and he was able to uh fight them as well and uh he dealt with a lot of the snake people actually he was he fought a lot of the snake men what the heck is and those a, guys are hold on hold on here what the heck is a snake man yeah so these guys uh these guys are like uh, some of them do have legs but most of them are depicted or seen as uh actually just having a body like a snake and then they had arms and, and they had like a funny looking head like almost like a like like i said a snake head but it, it stuck out and and uh they were actually able to um they're very esoteric and some of them actually were uh uh like I said, able to move across dimensions and realities. And yeah, these guys were very nasty. And uh, uh, yeah, but uh, like I said, this guy was able to fight a lot of them and uh, 
to feed a lot of them. So My got a very goodness. strong uh, medicine from the snake. No kidding. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is something I don't want to run into. But, I mean, have you ever ran into one of them? People? Yes. Uh, Not not quite yet. Not quite yet, no, no. But I've been finding a lot of uh, depictions of them in rock art. That's why I was actually sent you a few of these pictures there of uh, that earlier in the chat there. I sent you a few. There's one that depicts the snake people. And this is, like, found in Alberta rock art. And these guys are still around, um, even in spirit too. Like uh, these things still like uh, have spirits, and they do tend to attack people and stuff like that. But uh, uh, if, you know, if the right proper dimensions are protected, then uh, and things are built to protect those dimensions, our dimension, namely, and uh, then they stay away, right? So, and these things have been built. Like these things across our lands have been built, and uh, they're up there for a reason, good reason too. So, um, yeah, like. Um, yeah, there was this one area I was recently told about that uh, there's totems built there. Uh, and there's including, uh, like, these are hundreds of years old, these wooden totems, and they're still standing to this day. And this is near a place called Snipe Lake in my area. And uh, this man tried to go run them over. He bought, the farmer bought the land, and he tried to go run it over with a tractor. But that tractor rolled on him that day, killed him. <laughs> oh. Oh, my. You know, you just don't mess you just don't mess with with stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's just, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's like writing your own death warrant. It really is. It is. It is. And uh, it's very, uh, yeah, like like I said, for good reason. Like these things, like these laws are made and these things, these areas are respected in good reason for, you know, and uh, like I said, uh, even the buffalo, a lot of the buffalo, um, uh, the man-eater people, uh, they, a lot of their spirits are bounded away from our realities through uh, buffalo head skulls scattered through the land and stuff. They blessed buffalo skull heads that are taken from them. but uh, And they're left there, and they have to be left there and monitored. And Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's that, wild. It's, that almost gets right into the idea that a lot of these places, like those totem poles or those buffalo skulls, that there are curses placed on them. Could we say that that's what's happening? Uh, well, the dimensionals that want to get into the, back into the reality really do want that place destroyed, and they, you know what I mean. And then also, two other ones that want it protected, right? So there's just a really hardcore imbalance of of, uh, of just energy of all sorts of like, um, you know, it just it could it could really affect someone's uh, you know frequency and just you know can attract the wrong things to them. Latch on spirits could latch on or, or different. Uh, you know, bad omens or things like that, that could happen. Like it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so a lot of these times when people go like our people, like medicine societies or people that are, uh, chosen to take care of these areas, um, they have to do a lot of ceremony and practice like, uh, and, and really like, uh, put themselves in a place of protected, like uh, protection and, and, uh, goodwill, like in spirit realm and to go back and bless these lands and keep the protections going, like, especially on lakes, uh, a lot of our lakes are still blessed and protected from, well, there's this dragon serpent that used to roam the lands and it's still out, it's still out there. It still exists, but it doesn't come on the lands and eat the people or attack the at wildlife anymore. It just stays in its, it stays in its areas and it's hidden. It's well hidden. I'm sure it still eats animals and stuff on the coast on line and whatnot, but this thing was called a uh, pink Jaguar and uh, it was, pr- it was pink and blue. And this thing was like six feet tall. And our six feet tall, it was huge. It was like, it was, it's depicted as the, like maybe like a three story tall building, 
but um, it, it was like a snake thing too. It was like a giant snake, snake dragon, and it had like horns on the top of its head. It had like these pink fins on the back. That's why it was called a pink pink jaguar. Sometimes they were depicted with uh, feet, like they had four four limbs with just claws. They were huge. They'd swim in the waters, and uh, I have rock art that I sent you there to show on the show if you want to show those later. But these things would roam across the lands and just like. Uh, just pick up a buffalo and just rip it in half and just eat it, you know, and just sit there and just be, you know. And they actually had other snakes, baby ones, before they grew legs that would, they were just as long as them too, flying through, or not flying, but uh, slithering through the lands and the fields. And, and these things would go through the waters. And But, yeah, like I said, blessings are given to these creatures. And so they, uh, you know, like the dimensions are respected. And, yeah, they're like... So a lot of these creatures are actually no longer on our dimension, but they're still here, but living in another dimension. Am I correct on that? Uh, this one's still in the physical realm. This one, this uh, pink jaguar is still here. It still could be seen swimming in the lakes, and it's still, like, there's still newspaper articles about it going back to, like, the, I think, like, the 90s or 80s. My my buddy was sending me pictures of his grandfather blessing the lake out in cold, oh, sorry, out in uh, Saddle Lake. That's where he was out blessing that lake, and that's just near ours. So, like, they're connected, and uh, like the thing has been told, like myths and tales, that it has tunnels to the inner earth, and uh, that it actually tunnels around even to the ocean and into BC and all these other other parts of our across our nation, man. Like this thing is real, and uh, like I said, like the blessings are still there. Uh, my grandfather had seen it uh, when he was a young child, and. Um, yeah, like I said, it, it freaked the hell out of them <laughs> near our lake. But um, yeah, I'm just gonna be setting up cameras to catch this thing, like capture this thing if I could, like you know, swimming in our areas if it's you know reported or anything. But like uh, you know, uh, talking about more about my investigations, like now I bring it up. But uh, yeah, like continuing on dimensions, like uh, on our reality that are still within our reality. Uh, there was this creature that ran across five roof rooftops in our nation just like last month. In our what? in our in our area in our reservation, no, it ran across five roofs. Yeah, and um, but uh, yeah, it was like uh, like we we checked it out. There's footprints and everything across, and and uh, like it it was it was it was like uh, people are thinking like it could have been an animal, but it was like five rooftops in the same night. And then uh, but then here's the spooky part though, uh, the the it was like a real weird like uh wind came over and uh all those all the footprints were gone and then all of a sudden um one of one of the people like of the family that the five houses like passed away so it was like kind of one of those like omens like a you know a creature that ran across the you know in the rooftops and then somebody passed away like after you know what i mean like it's like one of those like dimensionals that just nobody knew was coming or, you know what I mean? Or if that, that person messed around and something, you know, came after them or whatever. Right. Like, nobody knows. It's still a mystery, but, but yeah, those, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. Dude. I gotta get um, back. I gotta get back to that pink Jaguar for a second because talk about it. Uh, I think there's some pictures on our chat. You can bring up if you want. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's even like, on it's in the Canyon. Uh, out out in Bragg Creek area, which is like just near Jasper in the mountains. Anyway, there's this ravine, and on the side of it, there's this like uh, there's a there's a depiction of it carved into the rocks, and uh, you can actually see the canoe with like the four guys in it. And this thing was huge, and you could see like they used the crack in the rock to depict the water, 
like a wave of water because this thing would just cause waves as it swam through the <laughs> through the lake. But yeah, that pink jaguar. Um, yeah, there's even like uh, like I said, talks about. Is uh, this it? Is, is yeah. this the, the photo here? This is a photo in a university book I found of, of it, and uh, yeah, you can actually see the the, the canoe guys. And um, you can actually see the the snakes, the baby ones that are swimming beside it, but they're still just as huge. Yeah, and then you can see the horns, and then you can see like the yeah the pink like I mean, the scales, like the fins it had. It used to swim in the waters and just roam these lands, and uh, yeah, they still do. Like, uh, but uh, they have their passages into the inner earth and all over. Uh, yeah, I had another one there uh, that actually shows it on the rock that it's like that it's on the rock in the canyon there. Out of it's like in red paint. Oh, that's it. Those are dimensionals. Those guys. Uh, yeah, those. Oh, there it yeah, is. So there it is. That's, yeah, that's the that's the real one. So that's the image of the real of the rock where uh, well the painting of it and uh, that's in Alberta, Canada. And uh, yeah, that these things were roaming our lands like in the ancient times and they were they were just like the size of the of the woolly mammoths too that were walking around here as well and all the prehistoric beavers that were like 60 foot tall beavers like they were just huge beavers <laughs> these things would munch on them too and eat those but uh yeah yeah these uh these creatures are uh like i said uh like uh, almost depicted as guardians and they have a real high power energy like um like people were saying like uh, they could connect with them in spirits and like as spirits and ask them for guidance and protection and all these sorts of like uh, uh, like good qualities about it like that I've only heard good good about but people have always talked about like they were also a menace too right like uh, to our nations like they just come and destroy a whole camp or roam right through it or so they'd have to give offerings and to make this peace since the ancient dimensional realms and they have to make that like I said that connection on that spirit realm to make that peace and it's still a respected uh, connection to this day for the chosen people that are doing that, right? So, right, but, right. Yeah. You know, it's hard to believe that there is something like that still roaming around. You know, I mean, is this is this a creature that... I think my niece Allie was pushed off that ledge. From the network that brought you Cruel Summer comes the watchful eye. People will do despicable things to get their hands on a fortune. Did you see anything... Or hear anything. These people play really dirty. Yeah, so do you. There are lies everywhere. If we pull this off, we're set for life. Get out now. And eyes everywhere. It feels like someone's always watching you. <laughs> they have to pay for what they did. The Watchful Eye. Series premiere January 30th on Freeform and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by the irresistible taste of Jif peanut butter. It's that jiffing good, it doesn't really need advertising. So instead, enjoy 30 straight seconds of semi-interesting animal facts, courtesy of Jif. Gorillas are ticklish. Jellyfish have no heart, but they don't care because they have no brain. Platypuses can sting with their feet. The offspring of a bison and a cow is called a beefalo. Coral are technically animals, so this is technically an animal fact. New Yorkers bite far more people each year than sharks do. Dogs have four legs. The ancient Aztecs referred to armadillos as turtle rabbits. Millipedes can sing. Koalas have human-like fingerprints. Humans can use their koala-like fingers to get their incredible Jif peanut butter at Jif.com. Is frequently spotted, or is it only spotted maybe once every few years, like the Loch Ness Monster? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's all. It makes its uh, it makes its 
uh, come back when it's time, like uh, to do that uh, dimensional offering again, or the like the offering again for that the, the protection of the dimension and yeah, the respect of the land and the people. So nobody, no ill will comes on anybody. Nobody dies or anything like that kind of deal. And like like I said, the people, of prosperous land and and uh, culture and you know good good like uh, to bring goodness right to the to the world kind of deal. And uh, like I said, the nation, the the land. So. A lot of these, uh, like I said, these things are guardians of our time, of our, of our, of our dimension, literally, like, cause like, it's all, we're all connected, like the animals and, you know, there's, e- there's an eagle guardian and that, you know, we all wear our hair, our eagles and our, our, sorry, feathers in our hair in respect of that, that guardian. And, and, uh, like, like I said, these things are, are there and, uh, given to us and, uh, and, uh. And told to us, like in the in the respect, right? So we respect these beings and uh, also connect with them in in that sense spiritually too. So it's like uh, this almost sounds like uh, a television show that needs to be filmed there. I don't know about yes. you. Yes, I don't know about you, but this is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. I want to ask you, because I know west of you here in British Columbia, we got less than a minute to go. There are First Nations bands that still believe that they have pterodactyls in their areas. Have you ever ran into a pterodactyl? In this area, uh, there there have been like huge, um, like like huge, like larger than uh, normal animals being spotted, though, like huge eagles and huge. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, beavers and different, like different little things that were being like noticing, like people have been noticing that are in the land um, that have been coming back. Uh, yeah, the, the pterodactyl, though, this would be something that I'd be really interested in, uh, you know, seeing myself. Uh, but no, I haven't. Uh, we haven't really heard of anybody seeing that uh, coming around. But I could see it living in BC because of like the warmth out there. You know what I mean? The constant, uh, the the zone of just humidity because out here in Alberta, it just drops right down freezing, like, you know, levels of, uh, conditions, like living conditions. So it's like, uh, you know, I could, you know, out here, maybe, um, well, let's get to it next hour or next half hour. Travis, William Oostus, our resident monster hunter on spaced out radio. This is going to be awesome tonight. If you got monster questions, this is the night to ask them. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Ah, buddy, you got me fired up on this one, man. You got me fired up. That pink jaguar? You know? Yes, yes. So, you know what? I'll let let our audience in on a little bit of a secret here. Uh, Travis and I, along with our main man Merle and Samantha Mowat are actually, we're, we're looking into this summer and we're just putting together a potential television pilot series on that we are putting independently uh, for monster hunting and legend hunting. I, I'm not going to get into much more than that right now. But uh, we have a film crew, and we're just uh, starting to line up locations. We're going to be having a meeting soon on this because the further we get out of winter, or the winter time is the time to really buckle down and uh, 
and uh, and uh, come up with the ideas and and everything. But uh, we're going to have a very very busy 2023. Hopefully, we could get all the locations done. I think we're going to do either six to eight episodes, uh, and then shop them around and see if anybody wants them. Uh, no, Justin Trudeau will not guest star. Uh, we we like real human beings on our show. And uh, wow, W. Decker, thank you. Thank you so much for that super chat, man. And uh, so we are going to be working on that. And uh, that's all I can say. I got I to gotta keep some secret on it. We don't know if it's going to get picked up by TV. We do have a professional television crew who is going to be filming this. Uh, but we don't know anything. It might just be a YouTube special right here on the Spaced Out Radio YouTube channel, or we we may make our own channel. But um, we're gonna we're gonna put something real cool together. And it's not one of these, uh, you know, loud music in the background. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? What was that? You know, we're not squatching. Okay, we're doing proper investigation of some really really cool stories. And, uh, you know, it's going to be amazing. It will really be amazing. Now, by the time we film and everything, it might not be ready uh, for production until uh, 2024. Uh, But we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best to see. And uh, that's one of the secrets I've been holding out on. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. Now you know why I've been trying to lose weight, people, because... Dave doesn't put on an extra 10 pounds on uh, on camera. No, Dave puts on an extra 50 pounds, and that's the truth. Dirty filth, how you doing down there, buddy? Well, you know, drunk cartoons, how you guys doing? How's it going, Travis? Good, good. Yourself? Well, not bad. I'm, I'm enjoying seeing the... I'm trying to figure it out here. I'm seeing the, the silhouettes and, you know. <laughs> What's well, a mystery to the end? <clears throat> Always is. That's why we. That's why he's dirty. That's why he's dirty. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But I only shower on my birthday. Yeah, but it's a good shower. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Now that's what I'm doing. Again. Oh yeah. Thank you, Renee, for that super chat. Along with W. Decker times two, Mister Catfish, Blue Cruise, Atlantis, Jeremy, Saucer, Juan, and Simon and Pam. Very much appreciate the love and support, everybody. Um, but yeah, we're going to, yeah, you're going to, I, eventually you'll see this ugly mug on, uh, on doing some filming here. Hi, Chris. Teen, how you doing? Good to see you. And... Oh, what else do we have? Local boy, how you doing, man? Good to have you back. How's the charging going? 
Dirty. Quickly, yes. here, quickly here. How many cards are you bringing to our Vegas party? Hi, Diesel Girl. I have, I've got a hundred and ten ish right now, but I'm, I do them all the time, so there's gonna be like two hundred probably. Nice, and you can get your your free dirty filth art at our Vegas party. Check the ticker below. We want to get you there. Here we go. The second half hour. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here is our resident monster hunter, Travis William Moustus, from the Cree Nation in Edmonton, Alberta. We are talking monster hunting all night long. And, and you know, Travis, I mean, I got to ask you this. Out of all the creatures that you have heard of, grown up with, heard legends of from family, is there one or two creatures out there that you want nothing to deal with? Yeah, there's uh yeah, there there's there's quite a few of them. Like there there was the ancient tales of the giants people, like uh, there was a whole like bands of tribes like uh, Blackfoot and the Blood and the Cree people all at the team up ancient times to clear a lot of these giants out from the lands that were attacking tribes and and uh just decimating people like just you know and uh but uh people had to tribe up together to take out these giants and um but yeah they were uh they were pretty ferocious and mean and um but yeah like i said they were hunted down to the last cave out in uh out out and uh i think it was in it was in swan hills or something like that that was uh there was the last giant was killed out there, <laughs> but uh, in our area. And then um... this episode is brought to you by the irresistible taste of Jif peanut butter. It's that jiffing good; it doesn't really need advertising. So instead, enjoy thirty straight seconds of semi-interesting animal facts, courtesy of Jif. Gorillas are ticklish. Jellyfish have no heart, but they don't care because they have no brain. Platypuses can sting with their feet. The offspring of a bison and a cow is called a beefalo. Coral are technically animals, so this is technically an animal fact. New Yorkers bite far more people each year than sharks do. Dogs have four legs. The ancient Aztecs referred to armadillos as turtle rabbits. Millipedes can sing. Koalas have human-like fingerprints. Humans can use their koala-like fingers to get their incredible Jif peanut butter at Jif.com. The friendship is sharing deal. Because I want one of your McNuggets. And I need some of your quarter pounders. There's a deal for everyone at McDonald's. Get one favorite like 10-piece chicken McNuggets, a quarter pounder, or a Big Mac and get another for just a buck. Price and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Okay, and the second creature? Sorry, go ahead. The second creature? Oh, second creature. Yeah. No, uh, you know, there was a... There was this dimensional, uh, there was a few dimensional ones that were just like uh, total dark, uh, uh, I don't know, they were like very, uh, 
they were they were they were kind of similar to the what do you call it there uh, the Wittigu, but uh, yeah, they were like that, but uh, just just different uh, different levels of dimensions, eh? And uh, but these spirits are they're still you know like I said, uh, just even saying that name, I have to probably go smudge after this, you know. <laughs> okay, that that hold on, that brings up a very very good point because a lot of these spirits just mentioning their names can cause a person harm. How does that happen? How does that work? Uh, just like, like I said, just, uh, uh, the, just the saying of the name is almost like, like chanting or, you know, like people calling it out or saying it and kind of just drawing that energy in or whatever, like, you know, near something, you know, you know like, uh, it's kind of, <laughs> but, uh, but like I said, uh, uh, people also start to open up their, uh, I guess I should say sensory towards that. And it kind of locks in, you know what I mean? And, uh, but uh, just you know, perceiving those levels and um, and are are sometimes you perceive them and pick them up. Uh, you know, uh, we've done that before, and uh, you know, and we've dealt with them. But like I said, it's just like it's not. Want, I don't want to deal with that guy anymore. Um, are those things anymore? I should say. Uh, you know, and also too with the you know the giant goat uh, goat men that are shadow goat guys. You know, those dudes with the horns and stuff like that. Those those goat men are spirit spirit goat men like they're the worst um dealing with those guys and getting them out of people like uh you know they're just feasting on their madness and uh, you know driving people insane or causing you know ill wills over homes and stuff like that but uh we've gotten rid of those guys too and uh, yeah just like straight up people are uh literally uh like 10 times better after the you know like, like the things were cleared out and get, like things were gotten rid of you know and put up uh protections were put up uh, around the homes and yeah yeah but uh okay so yeah. for people who may not understand what is a goat man the goat man is like uh he's like a very um he's like a humanoid goat goat looking being giant black hooves uh black fur um like a really dark dark uh cloudy figure he, he shrouds himself in darkness all the time like he'll he'll be able to you know, move around in the darkness, but then, like, you know, like, uh, he gets very affected by light, and, uh, uh, these things, like, uh, he has a very, he has a very peculiar, like, set of horns that kind of roll around, you know what I mean, and, uh, uh, he's very, very dark, like, very dark-looking figure, um, sometimes depicted red eyes, uh, yellow eyes sometimes, too, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these beings, like, the buffalo man-eater people, like, like, those guys, too, um, like, they're all depicted yellow eyes or red eyes, too, so, like, I think they're, like, um, branches of those like uh, of the inner of the inner darkness of them or you know like there's probably like a few of them like a, a, you know like how there's variations of deers moose you know in different type different types of uh deer i mean like uh you know spotted and white tail and mule and, you know what i mean so like I, I imagine there's like a different variation that these uh goat men are part of but yeah like i said uh they're they're more um more, more ferocious and they, they they cause a lot of uh, problems for people like uh internal problems like uh, driving people insane and feeding off that and uh you know they get into people's head and it's real hard to get rid of them because like these people are very convinced that there's something else you know what i mean that there's someone else or something like that they're talking to and they're not you know what i mean and uh but yeah like i said it's very very hard to like because you have to break that connection for the person and then break it break it from that home or wherever it's latched onto or that area uh but usually when protections are put up around the houses or in the homes uh, then these things stay away or they, you know, and then things tend to 
return back to normal and uh, these things are sent back to their dimensions um yeah like uh, a lot of times too we'll call upon like uh, other spirit, spirit elementals like like um that will come in and help us like uh, like these guardians that will come and clear these other ones out too like they'll come to our aid and help us so like uh you know there will be you know the guardian the ego guardians and the you know like the dragon guardians and all these different things that we'll, we'll call upon even star nation sometimes will too will come down and just deal with these these beings if they're on that level extraterrestrial level too you know what i mean like because sometimes these are uh dimensionals that are trying to escape another reality that the extraterrestrials have chased into our into ours and actually there's been stories like that where they've actually went to war and chased them out into dimensions and there's battles in the sky dimension portals opening up and ships and everything and and uh like i said these like you know like sometimes these dimensional beings are all they'll come to our reality try to be on the run from theirs and uh these guardians can't come back here and keep the balance set within our dimension and our time space so everything you know flows naturally as in the harmonization with the universe and that's what the goal is right is to keep that natural balance and and restore that uh peace within all of us it seems like the more north we go the stranger the stories are because there's fewer people and more areas for these monsters to hide i remember having a conversation with a couple of gentlemen from Fort St. John in northeastern British Columbia, where they were talking around their reserve that people were warned, and children especially, and teenagers were warned not to go into the forest at night because the green men would get you. And these are like some sort of four- to six-foot reptilian-type green men. Have you ever heard of those? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, these uh, beings have been known to... Uh, literally uh, fly out of the ground in ships they'd come from the inner earth and fly out and land and there would be like a whole like squad of these green guys coming out and they would actually attack a camp or a tribe and steal a lot of the native women and children from that time uh, and our warriors would go to fight with them and there was actually huge onset battles between the reptilians and our native tribes that were just like you know tomahawks and bows against these reptilian beings who had actually uh, perfected their weapons and and uh you know, we're just decimating our, our peoples too, right? Like just totally, just like uh, like I said, just uh, people just explode, like things like, and so like uh, eventually our people ended up making, um, like asking help for, from the thunder, all the thunder beings, the thunder gods, and uh, the thunder gods had gifted one of our warriors with the tomahawk that was able to call upon the thunder and was able to fight them back because they were using blasts on us or using blasts on them. And then, boom, there's reptilians are getting blasted, and they're getting freaked out, so they're running back to their ships and taking off back in the inner earth. But that was, like, one of the last battles that we had with them. And this is, like, in ancient times. But, yeah, this is they've been known to still come out of, out in the mountains or in the you see them by the rivers and stuff like that, these reptilian people. Uh, they'll come up to the surface every now and then. So, yeah, they're they're very, very much real. Can you pick, yeah. And are those reptilians... Are they native to this planet, or do they come from elsewhere? Yeah, uh, some, some, most of them, like the ones we've uh, dealt with, have been native to the planet. Um, a lot of these uh, beings have existed in the in the inner, like in the older ancient cities and times, and uh, in the inner Earth too, like ancient inner Earth society civilizations. There's a lot of these. Uh, places built in the lands across uh, North America in the underground, their, their cities. Uh, this is, these are the tales, right? And uh, 
uh, like I said, they they used to come up and do this uh, with the, the ships and stuff like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're still flying around in our skies and coming down and taking people or, you know, or if they advance to, you know, other realms or, or areas of dimensions of realities that they've seeped into. Um, but yeah, they, these uh, beings have no, been known to exist. Um, even some of the tribes, like ancient people of our, of our, of uh, across Native America talk about how they were once animals, like almost lizard-like people, and they shed their their skin and their tails, and that's where they got their, well, we were, got tail bones and stuff like that from, and, but they, they said a lot of people, they shed their, 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 uh, and their animal uh, instincts and their, and their skins and their furs, and they became people, tribes, people, different tribes across America and stuff like that from the inner earth. Um, but like I said, uh, uh, the lizard people they're and the snake people, yeah, they're very much real. And, uh, yeah, if they're still spotted to this day, I'm not surprised uh, that, you know, it'd be easier for them to live underground being, uh, you know, <laughs> needed of the warmth and all that, right? Cold-blooded. I got uh, to ask you, the fact that you have dealt with so many creatures, some that you've handled in a very uh, terse way and others that maybe you've befriended over the over time, have you ever been invited by any creatures to go to inner earth? Yeah, we've, um, yeah, there's been a few uh, instances like where we've, uh, we were, we were asked and requested through, uh, through our, well, through our little team. And uh, we were able to go and access through ceremony, uh, the inner earth and uh, actually defend one of earth's, uh, inner earth portals because there was a portal that uh, this dimensional race was trying to open up and uh, they wanted to uh, bring this squid in this dimensional squid into our inner earth realm and and just totally run havoc on it and uh, and it was like the last earth energy center of our planet so when we went in there we were able to use our our energies along with uh, Nepal monks there was like about 50 of them there and they just had these crystals they were just floating them and they're able to shoot light blasts out of them and they're just hitting this this uh, octopus and keeping it just from before it's just like reaching out of that portal. And uh, we were there, and we were able to use. I was able to use uh, channel lightning, and we're able to. Uh, my other buddy was able to use these uh, blasts of his own, and uh, we're able to send this thing back into the dimension. And when it did that, when we we're able to. This episode is brought to you by the irresistible taste of Jif peanut butter. It's that jiffing good; it doesn't really need advertising. So instead, enjoy 30 straight seconds of semi-interesting animal facts, courtesy of Jif. Gorillas are ticklish. Jellyfish have no heart, but they don't care because they have no brain. Platypuses can sting with their feet. The offspring of a bison and a cow is called a beefalo. Coral are technically animals, so this is technically an animal fact. New Yorkers bite far more people each year than sharks do. Dogs have four legs. The ancient Aztecs referred to armadillos as turtle rabbits. Millipedes can sing. Koalas have human-like fingerprints. Humans can use their koala-like fingers to get their incredible Jif peanut butter at Jif.com. The friendship is sharing deal. Because I want one of your McNuggets. And I need some of your quarter pounders. There's a deal for everyone at McDonald's. Get one favorite like 10-piece chicken McNuggets, a quarter pounder, or a Big Mac and get another for just a buck. Price and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Close it and save our Earth's energy center. A lot of things started becoming brighter on our planet and uh, a lot of things started rolling more naturally and and uh, for our timeline. And I, I should say that, uh, yeah, it was like kind of like same, saving our timeline or space and... Uh, they were very gracious and they always invited uh, us back to their temples. And if we need, you know, if we wanted to go back, we could, but I haven't been back. 
um, like I said, these dimensionals, though, uh, they, they ended up taking off in the space. And that's where uh, the Galactic, well, Alliance Force, they, they met up with them and caught up with them. And then it was like uh, they just they just took them out and decimated all their ships, just totally obliterated them. And uh, these those those dimensionals, um, they just had like a tentacle face, like they're like trying to get one of these big one of their bigger demigods in or something like that. But yeah, those guys uh, they wore black hoods and stuff. And but yeah, like like I said, uh, dimension like they were totally taken out of our dimension and good riddance. And uh, but yeah, like it's all it's all connected there with that. But inner Earth is uh, is a very beautiful place. Uh, it was one of the first worlds ever created. One of the uh, one of the very first Edens and. Uh, uh, like I said, there's there's cool there's a cool four directions uh, garden down there too that's built in the four directions that holds all of all of our all of our uh, plants and vegetables on Earth and uh, like I said, all the all the animals are big down there and huge and just because the gravity is opposite of ours because it's more inward and circle that's why everything all stays on the yeah and uh, it's like it's it's a very it's a very interesting place uh, in terms of like the flowers and the medicines and uh, different just different uh, it's a totally different higher vibration because it's vibrating within. But uh, like I said, years ago, um, our shamans would actually go into inner earth through the solstice, summer solstice, uh, June 21st, there would be a portal that would open in the ground and uh, the shamans would come together from the four directions and enter into this place with seeds and, and gifts from the upper world to bring back to the inner world. And, and uh, they exchange, um, you know, different patterns and beads and crystals and all these different metals and, and um, like I said, they got crystal skulls from from inner earth and all these like beautiful, um, like, uh, like I said, just uh, designs and patterns and a lot of a lot of the languages, like I said, too. And like I said, uh, we're all combined and taught down there. And uh, but yeah, like I said, it's uh, it's still a, it's still a very beautiful place to this day, the inner earth realms, and they still exist down there. Have you ever dealt with any? alien type creatures that are cloaked in robes but when they take their hood off their head kind of looks like a like a big lighter flame but a round glass yeah yeah yes like uh, almost like a translucent uh, being um recently um all right so yeah there was recently uh, i was like i was getting picked up like uh, in a in a dimensional way, I was getting like brought to this area. I was like, why am I seeing this? Like, you know, and uh, I was getting visions of these uh, beings, right? And they were like getting picked up by a by another fellowship because they had crashed in Africa, and uh, and they were getting picked up by another part of the Palladians. Uh, there was like an Emether ship. They were brought on board, and they were hooked up to these like uh, these almost like uh, machines, like almost like IVs. But when they were hooking them up, you can actually see their flames like like light up and. And uh, they, you could see like this, the stars within them. But here's the funny part, though. When he spoke to me, we connected minds. And when I went into his mind, so it was like a vision that went into his mind of the vision because he wanted to speak to me. I was able to see his form, like the way he wanted to be seen. And he looked very cool. Like he had a very unique, uh, he had a, like a human-like experience. And he, he said this was more easier for him to communicate this way because the other way was kind of like shocking just like uh, put you in a kind of disposition for your, so he just like wanted you to feel comfortable kind of sense. Right. But um, yeah, he had a lot to, a lot to say where he came from, his people, like the, the place, like uh, their buildings were like almost like castles and, and uh, yeah, they were, it was a very different uh, culture that used the uh, pyramids and they floated, they floated these objects around them. And uh, yeah, it was like, 
They're Anunnaki. <laughs> I imagine. Well, that must be. That might be it, right? The like the the glowing ones, as everyone likes to re- refer to these guys as, right? But uh, this being was just trying to show me like this society he came from, and and uh, that they that they're far from far from here, like in another, like totally left from our galaxy, out of the Milky Way, like kind of like more further connected. And when I was seeing it, I could just see like um, this connection, like almost like a big giant. Uh, dream catcher that just like but, but it was all these galaxies all connected together in space and just looked like a giant dream catcher with, like stars and <laughs> all these colors and everything is wild i i will but, tell uh, you i will tell you the reason why i asked that and i don't think i've ever admitted this on this show i have two of them that are like spirit guides that are very big they're very musculature. They wear dark black robes with hoods. And the only thing that they have for a head that I've ever seen, it's like a glass head with like a Bic lighter flame as an eyeball. It is. Look at that. Yeah. That's that's wild. Yes. Yeah. And So got, there you go. I got two of them. I got two of them. Yeah, I've that's and the you call upon these in uh, and you know and you take you you see the images right is that what is that how you've been uh, connecting with them or I, have you connected with them and then you... I just know when they're around. I can call them, yeah. I can call them, but I just know when they are around, and when they are around, I can sleep at night. I imagine so. Yeah, they're yeah, exactly. It's a very, very strong uh, protection. That's one thing, too, is like and then when I was doing other stuff in the realm, that's it almost feels like their energy is around, too. So I can really yeah, I can 100 percent agree with you on that, that they are definitely around and uh, they do they do add to that. So that's that's wonderful that you have two two guardians like that are guides that are and I, I, I can see why, though, you know, what I mean, I can, you know, make sense. Uh, yeah. I, and I will I will tell you, um, I've had some strange things happen in my life that as we grow together, you'll get to know. And these two big oxes, man, I don't know. <laughs> They've been around for the last few years, and, and there's nothing evil about them. There's nothing harmful about them. But I do know that if, if something is bugging me or I, and I need protection. All I got to do is, uh, I call them my boys. Okay. I don't know if that's the correct term, but that's what I call them. My boys. And if I'm ever spiritually in trouble, I call my boys down and I'll know where they are. I've, I've seen them physically once or twice. That's it. But normally I could just feel where they are. It's very energetic. And I tell you, you go into the bush or something like that, call them in. They're right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's that's uh, that's 100% real. And then, uh, you, you, feel, you feel like that energy when they're around. Um, 
they they'll come back you up if they, especially if something malicious is there you know what I mean? or you're you're having a little bit of problem getting rid of it yourself or something you know what I mean? like they'll come and back you up and that's always good those things are uh like i said uh the the spirits like uh, the animal spirits they, they have good and they have goods and good and bad right so like uh you know, you, I'm glad you clarified that those are good and they're there on your side, like because everybody does have their spirit totems, right? And they're and uh, and they're beings that watch over them and guide them throughout their life. And uh, sometimes more of these beings, animal beings, life as a uh, as it as it goes on, right? Like as you make your journey. So, do we um, do we all have strange guides like that? If we were to call on them. Yes. Uh, yes. And it's, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. Like the connection sometimes like these beings are, uh, um, out of this world, like, you know, and, uh, but, uh, like it's very, um, you'll connect with, with it if you're on that uh, divine, divine level, divine timing, you know what I mean? It's all I could say. Right. And, uh, that's why it's a journey for everyone, you know, and, uh, and everybody finds that, that connection and that's the best part about it and, um, making that connection you know, taking those steps, those days, those times, uh, doing those things in life, you know, and following that, that true heart desire. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. And we all have these beings that come into our lives, whether they're human, some, most of them are human. Um, uh, a lot of them too are, uh, like I said, animals, uh, you know, and, uh, connections like, uh, deeper connections, other past lives, um, even, uh, connections with our, you know, um, you know, just like with uh, that we make in ceremony, sometimes there's animal beings that will actually take on, uh, take see our spirits and be like, well, I'll watch over him. I'll take care of him. You know, and they'll come down from the realm and they'll make themselves known. Well, I've seen a lot of people take, being taken care of by Bigfoot, you know, it's, it's talking about this. Like Bigfoot will come down and he'll say, I'll take care of this guy and walk him through life and, you know, make sure he's safe wherever he goes in this world and not, no harm comes to him. And, you know, they, these Bigfoots are, you know, like that's why they're looked and regarded on very highly, like in our culture. You know, they've come in our ceremonies and said this, like in, in spirit and done this, you know, for people. And, uh, yeah, so like it's, uh, so there is like divine connections there and, and, and it's up to the people to make that journey to, to find them in their lives. Travis, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because, we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. When we return, we're going to get to more monster talk. We're going to get to some audience questions. And This episode is brought to you by Progressive. What's one thing you'd purchase with a little extra savings? A weighted blanket? Smart speaker? That new self-care trend you keep hearing about? Well, Progressive wants to make sure you're getting what you want by helping you save money on car insurance. Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save over $700 on average. And customers can qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up. Discounts like having multiple vehicles on your policy. Progressive offers outstanding coverage and award-winning claim service. Day or night, they have customer support 24-7, 365 days a year. When you need them most, they're at their best. A little off your rate each month goes a long way. Get a quote today at Progressive.com and see why four out of five new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2020 and May 2021. Potential savings will vary, discounts vary, and are not available in all states and situations. Raising Cane's is bringing the party this Mardi Gras with tailgates full of cooked-to-order chicken fingers and jugs of freshly squeezed lemonade and freshly brewed tea. Order online or in the app today. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. We are going to fill up the next hour of pure entertainment 
with our resident monster hunter, Travis Willier Mustus of the Cree Nation in Edmonton, Alberta. Spaced Out Radio continues with our number two next. If you're in our chat room, get your questions in, put them in capital letters. We'd appreciate it. Hour number two coming up right after this. That was awesome. Let's switch over to Dirty Filth here and get dirty with him as he's uh, cleaning up uh, some painting here. I'm going to quickly step away for a couple minutes. Dirty Filth, tell everybody where they can get your calendar and your book if you don't mind. Yes. If you're so inclined, you can go to filthy.com. That's F-Y-L-T-H-Y dot com. Um, get my calendar there. There's my book. You can buy prints. You can even email me if you want. You can be like email buddies. And yeah, it's updated usually regularly. Everybody get abducted by aliens and sleep dirty filth here to ramble to himself. Oh yeah, and if you come to Vegas, I got like a stack of art cards. Hold on a sec here. This is uh, one stack so far. It's got a whole bunch of stuff in there. Let's have a gander, shall we? It's a moth, a flower, a mothman. Weird stuff. I think I showed some of these before. Look. Carl stealing Dave's keys for his car. Triangle. Carl's clunker. Yeah, I got a, a ridiculous amount of art cards. So if you go to Vegas and you find me, I will give you art. It's thick enough you could probably use it for a coaster as well. Yes, Bob, totally spaced out radio trading cards. I'm going to make one that's a set of like four cards and it'll be one drawing. And then four people have those drawings and then they can meet up one day and be like, hey, put these all together. It's like those old cards used to get in. They came with bubble gum in them. Where you put the quarter in the machine and push it. Oh, yeah, I got a, I got a pretty cool Venom hologram card way back in the day out of those at, at the Mohawk by my house. When I was a wee lad. It's pretty cool. I think I eventually traded it for pogs or something like that. I had no value at the time. Hello, Blob. The Blob has returned. She's crushing my legs earlier. Come back up. Well, Amy, oh, that's awesome. I still have my pogs as well.
And if you come again, Amy, I'll give you another one so you can have a double collection. Well, hey, Travis, how's it going? You're on mute. There we go. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. <laughs> but yeah, I was good to hey, see you in person. Yeah, that was awesome. You, sh- you should think about doing the art walk in Edmonton this year. Right. Yes. You talked about it. I just never made my way out to the Stone Plain to ha- make any admissions in. Oh, yeah, that thing, too. i got to do that. I forgot about that. But I, f- I forget where I forget where you go to go to do that. I think it's in July or something. But yeah, that'd be yeah, pretty cool. A- we could totally alien it up there. And... Yeah, yeah, alien up. This is a great show. Hey, Toe Tag, how are you doing? Who else has popped in here? Let's take a look. Amy Vegas. You know what I learned, Dave? What's that? I, I learned that Amy O turned my art card, my piece of art that I gave her into a fridge magnet, and I think that's pretty cool. Amy Vegas O is an incredible, incredible person and a great friend of this show. When uh, Tim Senor and I were down in Vegas, we went and met up with Amy, and she is just fantastic. Fantastic. Can't wait to see her again. Yes, Amy Vegas O. That's why we call her Amy Vegas O. Filth, because she lives in Vegas. Oh, well then. I knew that. I was testing you. I want to say thank you to all of our super chatters tonight. Uh, Deb Thomas, W. Decker with the hat trick, Renee Atlantis, Jeremy Saucer, Juan, Simon, Pam, Blue Cruz, and Mr. Catfish. Very much appreciate the love and support of Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so, so much. Uh, it's a great way to support what we do. Hi, Lee Lovelight. How you doing? Good to have you here. Jenny White Bear, nice to see you, honey. And uh, hi, Bombshell Bomber. Don't forget, we want to see you all in Las Vegas, May 19th through 21st at the second annual SOR Fan Party. We know Eric Markham is going. Yep, he's coming. We got a bunch of people, too. There's Skywatches, a live YouTube show, VIP party. And uh, check the ticker below and email info at spacedoutradio.com. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with our number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Navis. Navis is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night 
right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go again, hour number two, with our resident monster hunter, Travis William Moostoos from the Cree Nation in Edmonton, Alberta. And we are hanging on out, talking monsters all night long. Travis, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me back, man. It's, it's such a pleasure to come and speak and uh, be here in time and space. And I'm so grateful to be alive and share some of these experiences and stories and uh, and a wonderful show to always do. So I'm happy to be here, Dave. My man, I can tell you right now, you have quickly turned into one of our most popular guests that we have. And uh, I, I so look forward to working with you in the future regarding everything that you do, because it's just so fascinating to me. And speaking of the audience who loves you, let's get right to some audience questions here. Mark is asking, Travis, can you talk a little bit about animal totems and what they're about? Yes. Um, so <clears throat> these animal totems, uh, usually, like I said, there, there's many that build over time. Uh, people are given to them. Uh, you let it like your, the information is given to you usually in sweat lodge ceremonies. Um, you'll be told about the spirit animals that have come to help you out or carry the load or different little things like, um, you know, and then these animals and our beings are, uh, you know, added to your totem. And uh, this is how you figure it out. There will also be signs in nature that uh, speak to you. Like, uh, you know, if you see a lot of, you know, eagles that are flying around and, you know, you notice they're always there in these moments and they connect with you. You know, you see them in the skies and, you know, those, uh, like I said, those are the watch, like the guardians watching over you in physical realm, showing their presence. And, yeah, or you'll see um, every now and then, like, uh, one of my totems was a beaver. So I'll see that guy sitting around, like, the rivers are real giant and all, you know, look, look, you know, chilling out and, He'll swim in the waters, like, uh, you know, he'll stand there, too, and make sure he's known and let me go up and say hello and give tobacco to him and everything. Like, he's, you know, they're pretty cool like that. The, you know, when these, you know, you meet your totem spirits or animals that uh, are connected with you. <laughs> and And every nation has their own set of animals. Like on the West Coast here, a lot of it is to do with beavers and wolves and, and whales and Sasquatch and eagles. I mean, every nation has their own totem for what the animals mean. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. What's one thing you'd purchase with a little extra savings? A weighted blanket? Smart speaker? That new self-care trend you keep hearing about? Well, Progressive wants to make sure you're getting what you want by helping you save money on car insurance. Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save over $700 on average. And customers can qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up. Discounts like having multiple vehicles on your policy. Progressive offers outstanding coverage and award-winning claim service. Day or night, they have customer support 24-7, 365 days a year. When you need them most, they're at their best. A little off your rate each month goes a long way. Get a quote today at Progressive.com and see why four out of five new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2020 and May 2021. Potential savings will vary, discounts vary, and are not available in all states and situations. Four juicy Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. 
garlicky buttered Texas toast, crispy crinkle cut fries, fresh coleslaw, and the secret cane sauce that makes the perfect box combo. We take pride in making the best chicken finger meals. One love, ready to go. And you can taste it in every bite. Raising Cane's chicken fingers, one love. Different connections too. Uh, some people will have a snake totem out here, and they'll have a very powerful like connection with the snake medicine and different things. Like, or say, um, uh, people have a connection with the spiders too. You know, I mean, spiders another one out there. You know, it even goes into insects and and uh, different uh, amphibians and uh, you know, not just the winged or you know, physical like uh, the unculates or you know, I even mean, rock and our our plane. So our humans, you know. Sometimes these beings too, these totems could even be rocks or, or even like, um, you know, lightning or they could even be, uh, you know, uh, winds. Some people have a totem of wind, you know. Um, some people have, you know, totems of fire, different things, uh, stars. Um, one, uh, one of my relatives actually has uh, a totem of a dancing buffalo. You know, sometimes they're doing things too. They're not just uh, the spirits, you know what I mean? Like uh, some people have the North Dancing North Star too. That's another one too. So like these things are... Uh, um, you know, they're also doing stuff too. <laughs> That's why, you know, like sitting, sitting bull, for example, his name, you know, his father was running Buffalo and he was sitting Buffalo, you know, <laughs> sitting bull, you know? <laughs> so these things are, uh, you know, they're very, uh, intricate to our story and our people and our, and also the lines of, uh, are sometimes are gifted down like, uh, from like, uh, like I should say like the parents or ancestors or, you know what I mean? In that sense. Right. Some of the totems. I, I do have one question regarding it. The, the way the animals are structured on a totem pole, whether it's Sasquatch or, or eagles or or somewhere else, I got to ask you, how do, how do you define which one goes on top and which one goes on the bottom? Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, for, our, for our nation, though, uh, we... We uh, will go by uh, for individuality or different things like, uh, say, if it's an area, then it will be like the, the spirits that have come to help that area will be built on those totems. You get what I mean? Uh, for for our, um, in our directions, like we have uh, animal totems too. So the east is the eagle because the eagle sees the furthest into the future, you know, and also rises with the sun. And uh, and then to the south, we have the mouse or the, the low, like the smaller beings, rabbits and all that. And then... And then to the to the west we have um, we have wind spirits and also we have uh, we have we have a sorry we have the wolf and then to the north we also have well it could be it could be mixed up that these ones can either go either way uh, the white buffalo is usually north um, or the are the wolf sometimes depicted north as well but uh like but with the north star you know I mean like that's always the grandfather star watching over all of us and uh, so these uh these are depicted in directions as well for our people in the in the medicine wheel all right let's move on to another question here this one from mad skull hi david and uh travis can you tell me if you have ever encountered the kushtaka and if you have do you think it's real kushtaka um i'm unfamiliar with the this term i probably need a more of a a, a description because like i said a lot of these uh Beings um, have different names or different, uh, you know, uh, based on the right? Uh, uh, so I, I can't say uh, clearly. 
basically. I'm, I'm not quite sure what the Kushtaka is. So maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Uh, Apparently it is from the Pacific Northwest. It's a mythical shape-shifting creature found by the Tlingit peoples uh, in their folklore. Okay, the north, north, yeah, see, uh, the north, northern lands, like um, out in Yukon and all that, right? So, yeah, there, there's talks about those things, but it's a, it's a different name in our, in our culture, in our, in our people. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that might be the name for them in that, in the. Yeah, it's like, the, it's like the Otter Man. Yeah, that, that there you go there's stuff like that yeah exactly yeah yeah there's that <laughs> there's stuff like that yeah it's like an otter man yeah no, so there's, there's those i guess the equivalent for your people would be these 60 foot giant beavers that you were talking about yeah there's um yeah the the giant beavers found in beaver lodge yeah yeah there was um huge archaeological bones that were found of these uh 60 foot beavers that roam the lands but yeah, yeah, we had we had uh, there's beings like that though. The, the tales like of inner earth, like uh, there was the gopher people, the beaver people, and uh, I'm, I imagine that would be like the platypus people too, right? Like if they if that was the case, like uh, but like I said, a lot of these uh, some of, like most of these beings, like I said, uh, became tribes people or people on their own, like uh, like like they actually became like part of a tribe or people in themselves uh, or went to other dimensions. There's been cases where warriors have uh, chased other dimensionals into into dimensions like they've like had to open dimensions themselves and actually chase these beings back in themselves and go with them to close the portal um but yeah uh the kush uh the guy the the platypus creatures um i imagine so you know uh have i encountered it uh no i haven't i haven't seen the but i've encountered the beaver like i said beaver spirits and like beings yeah so all right let's move on let's go to pixie lara Please describe what you do for protection for your everyday life and how it differs from when you were investigating. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah. Smudging, smudging practice, uh, you know, mountain sage, you know, uh, we use, uh, different variations of fungus for, uh, different clearings. Uh, also different, um, like I said, uh, different kind of like, uh, wards are built, also for protections like like if it's for land or around homes and stuff like that uh but yeah basically like sages smudges like i said mountain real mountain sage um that usually does good for clearing homes and clearing clearing your energy and and uh keeping you know your mind uh centered and you know flowing with uh with i should say the universe so when when you flow with the universe and and uh you know uh these these beings can't even you know they they can't even come near you like like our you know, you're on that level, you're, you know, you're functioning at a good positive level. But like when we're out on, on uh, investigations, there's different, uh, like I said, different uh, things that are done and uh, different, uh, like I said, uh, different uh, funguses are brought out to uh, clear those and uh, to make those ceremonies take place and stuff. So, uh, but like I said, mountain sage is good for every day, uh, keeping yourself safe from dimensionals and uh, your house safe and clearing. And also too, it welcomes all the good the light into your into your uh, environment or your world. Like uh, a lot of times, they'll do a lot of uh, smudging ceremonies uh, before our our events and everything. Like uh, especially with our people, like we we always bring it right into our whole like our community and everything. Like it's uh, it's a very much part of us in in every way. Very so, true. Very very true. 
And let's go to another question. This one from Michael Morris. What about skinwalkers? What's your opinion? Yeah, yeah, those are those are those are wild ones. Uh, they could take many different forms. Those skinwalkers. Um, some people see them humanoid. Some people see them uh, almost like dogmen. You know what I mean? Uh, the skinwalkers are very dimensional. Um, they can inhabit people and take over people too. Kind of like the same thing, like the Wendigo are are. Um, same, like the other one I mentioned earlier, uh, those, they, they kind of like are, uh, I would like to say they're almost like similar, but uh, uh, skinwalkers I've noticed are more dimensional and they're more land, like stuck in the area because of the land, like uh, protection has been disturbed. So if there's like a land that has a very high activity of skinwalkers, it's usually because there was a burial ground or there was a protection or a dimensional protection that was broken or disturbed over time. Uh, and maybe people forgot and now they're coming back in. And uh, that's that's part of that reason. Uh, Windigos and uh, and uh, we, well, the other one I said are more like uh, more personal based. Like they get into people, like and they take over individuals, and they can actually use individuals to enter into our world and, and as these uh, malicious creatures that just roam the lands and take people out. Uh, the last guy that was uh, he, the one dude. Uh, there was a a guy in the paper, uh, like it was like one of the first hangings in Alberta. And uh, he was uh, he was a Wendigo, but he was he gave himself up because he was turning into one. So he wanted to be hung and killed before the spirit can leave his body. But that was like one of the very first cases that anybody's ever heard of the Wendigo or Wendigo in uh, in in any history. You know, it was at, here in Alberta, and that guy was hung. Uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, they like these beings, these creatures. They still try to inhabit individuals and people. But like I said, uh, precautions are taken and. Uh, these things are built so they're protected like these lands and people are protected uh from these creatures and malicious spirits and and uh yeah it's a it's a big yeah it's a it's a big one so all right let's move on here jules would like to know lou elizondo once said his first nations friend said that sasquatch was a protector of women and children and insinuated it was not good for a man to see one do you know anything about this uh, yeah, uh, squatches, uh, yeah, they're just like, uh, they enjoy the soft voice, uh, uh, a male's voice can, uh, trigger them, some of them, like, uh, ag- like an aggravation, uh, sometimes the males have a, more of like, a uh, uh, like a, uh, like I should, should say, more of a stern demeanor to them, so like, uh, their energy is a little more, uh, defensive mode, like, cause we're always in survival, like, as human beings, like, even in today's modern society, uh, we still tend to feel, you know, survival mode kick in when we're out in the woods. So, like, they feel that. They sense that, you know. Uh, so that could trigger that, too. Uh, women, they're out there. They're, you know, it's a very different <laughs> sense of the forest for some women, too, like, when they connect with that. So, um, and it's, a uh, yeah, it, like, it, it could be, like, um, another thing, too. Uh, like, they see the women and children, so they have a sense of protection over, over there because they have their own women and children that they have families. And so they, it might be, like, a little thing of like a sense of like all these i protect these like i protect my own kind of deal you know all right let's continue on here let's go to pixie lara could you see with your physical body or astral projection this is when we were talking earlier about the pink leopard okay um yeah you could you can see uh, when this being wants to, it, it, it makes itself known, and you will see it in the water, swimming and 
in this big, huge being creature. Yes, you will see it, and it usually means something. Like uh, you know, it's coming back to, you know, uh, you know, make known about the ceremony or something. Like it's something has to be done, right? And uh, uh, or it's it's a message of some sort. But uh, and and remote viewing, yes, you can connect with this being, this creature, the pink jaguar, and it can and it does like I said, it does give uh, tele- telepathic uh, instruction. Like it it does speak. And it, and it and it holds a very ancient power, a very ancient like uh, connection to the world. Like I said, it's a guardian. Um, like like I said, it's it's astral levels, next level. Because like um, when I was seeing it in my remote viewing, I didn't expect it just to like reach out and start speaking to me like that. I was kind of taken by taken back for a second and had to like reevaluate. Like oh wow, this thing's like you know it's it's really you know it's talking right now. Like let's uh, all right, okay. And then I just kind of listened to it. Like like I just let let it speak and hear it out and it was showing me these visions of how it roamed the lands and eat these buffalo and like I said it it's it has a lot of information and uh like I said connection to the universe excellent all right Travis Willier Moustos is with us tonight let's go to a pair of questions from Eric Markham what is the significance of the sky man on the totem pole yeah yeah this is a divine connection the sky man uh, is definitely a connection to uh, the star nations, uh, Askiki, the sky people, you know, Askiki, Apuyo, sky man. Um, these these people are uh, usually con- divine connections uh, uh, to star ones, star nations, star knowledge. Uh, this is uh, that's a very that's a very powerful uh, thing to see in, po- in, in in a totem pole or a person's uh, guardians or protection. Uh, these you know these guys. Uh, help out with a lot of things in terms of connections with the ET and uh, ceremony uh, that, like I said, Starman is like uh, a holder of those stories too. Like uh, if somebody has that on their totem, like they're, they're a holder of like uh, they find knowledge and like their connection to the stars as well in the world and the universe on, around the medicine wheel. So it's like a, it's like a journey in that sense too. All right. Follow up from Eric. And that is, do you happen to have an opinion on what happened to the Anasazi people? Yeah, they very, very. Uh, they had a lot of, a uh, lot of visitors, uh, a lot of uh, natural portals in the earth that connected with through ley lines in the universe. Um, they, they actually, uh, I believe, they actually have a planet out there that they made it to. Um, a lot of them. Uh, they wanted to take a lot of tribes. There was a few tribes that actually went with them, and the whole civilization just went. <laughs> and uh, went to the star people. Um, can people still connect with them from them, uh, their descendants and stuff? Oh yeah, definitely. And be picked up as well and go to that fourth world. Definitely. Uh, there's a whole um, legend about joining the fourth world. Eventually we all will like, uh, this is going to be, this is like a natural uh, prophecy that we will all become part of the fourth. Like, and, and that's like with the connection with the star people and, and uh, yeah, it's going to become like a, uh, you know, like that star race kind of deal and we'll, we'll be in that level eventually so Makes but that's sense. uh prophesized so let's go to brown dwarf here who is asking do you believe that these creatures are here in fossilized forms and are mountain rocks or other geological formations oh yeah definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah there's a lot of these uh a lot of these formations out there, uh, you can see like in the rocks and the for like uh, like in the canyons and whatnot. Like out here, we have like a few mountains, like Chief Mountain and 
few other beings that they said uh, were giants once and they laid down and, and became mountains eventually, right? Um, there's these tales like that. And uh, they say that still some descendants of those giants live in the mountains out in uh, Jasper and protect the mountain people that like the ancient tribes that lived in those mountains and still lived out there. We did trade with those, those people of the mountain tribes. And uh, we actually have land out in the, in Jasper area because of the ceremonies and traditions that we held with those mountain people as well. But uh, yeah, they, a lot of these beings too, like um, yeah, they became uh, part of the lands and uh, you know, like a formation of, uh, you know, just a circle of life. They became more of a part of the universe, the world and their connection with it. Let's go on to Bama. Totem poles is the strongest spirit on the bottom. It, it'd be like uh, the ones that are connected. Uh, they all play a connection, so it all depends. Like uh, the the middle one could be the most strongest, you know. <laughs> but uh, like it's all uh, it all it's all a story, and all like uh, it tells like uh, your connection and your path through um, your spirituality. And uh, these uh, beings, like how they helped you on your path through life, and and uh, how they play importance in your in your uh, destiny, I guess I should say. Two minutes to go before we got to go to break. Yeah. Susie's question: Travis, do you have any knowledge on the rock people? Are they real? Fortune tellers, yeah. They see all. They've been around their longest, uh, their longest, uh, gra- their oldest grandfathers of our of our nation of our people uh they they have all the knowledge and uh they they know all they, they could just tell by your energy how you're how you're you're gonna live your life <laughs> um yeah there's a lot of things that people like uh, can sense with rocks and feel from the rocks like they're that's why they're part of our ceremonies too like all the ceremonies we have including protections and uh yeah it's uh the rock rocks are um they're like and if you mean like walking rock like elemental beings uh yeah the those uh, those do happen those do come alive when the elements are are like they want to take form and become beings like they could do that and actually become like a rock figure like a person or even rolling around just a big stone talking and yeah yeah they these things are real i want to ask you with about one minute to go here we may have to carry the answer over to the other side but what is your opinion on what happened in the Northwest Territories at the Headless Valley, the Nahani Valley? Have you ever heard that story? Um, the Nahani Valley. No, I'm not uh, familiar with that. Well, apparently, Sorry. apparently there is a piece of land there where nobody is allowed to go. Okay. And apparently there is either a very, very a hidden First Nation clan in there that is very violent towards outsiders, literally ripping explorers' heads off in the early 1900s and 1800s. Or there's monsters in there that are doing that as well. And very few people have actually discussed this matter. It's one of, I think, Canada's greatest mysteries, but... We could get to that here when we return on Spaced Out Radio. Travis Willier Mustus from the Cree Nation in Edmonton, Alberta. He's a monster hunter, a legit monster hunter who goes around dealing with all things weird and strange. We're going to return with him for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. 
right after this. Stay tuned. Yeah, dude, that story is phenomenal. There was one report I heard where uh, they were only allowing people to go in there for about an hour to two hours. You have to go in via helicopter. And this one, this one legend that I heard about it was the helicopter dropped these these explorers off to kind of film in the area and do what they needed to do. And the helicopter lifted off, went over the trees, came right back, picked them up. And when they were saying, hey, we have an hour or two hours, whatever it is, uh, the helicopter, like, what are you doing? Because the helicopter pilot called them back in. He's like, it's not safe down there. I saw something coming towards you. We got to get you out of here. <coughs> Excuse me. Tell you what I do know from some of the myths of the North, and uh, I'll save that for when we're back on air. But yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what I've heard from North. So yeah, and the bodies that were found in that area all had their heads removed, but not cut off. It looked like they were ripped off. Oh yeah. So. Definitely. Hey, Big Texas, how you doing, Nick? Good to see you. Yep. Dirty, dirty filth. Let's get a little peeky-poo of your uh, great arty art here. Camera's a little crooked there, isn't it? Holy, there we go. You're crooked. That's because you only got one shoe on. I can only afford one shoe. I blame the cats. Yeah, uh, where is Blob and Whiskey tonight? Well, Blob was here earlier, <clears throat> and then Whiskey's just hanging out with her mom, and I currently have the gremlin piled on me, and I think my pen is probably going to get attacked. Yeah. Four juicy Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, Texas Toast, Fries, Coleslaw, and the secret cane sauce that makes the perfect box combo. One love, ready to go. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. <laughs> Raising Cane's is bringing the party this Mardi Gras with tailgates full of cooked-to-order chicken fingers and jugs of freshly squeezed lemonade and freshly brewed tea. Order online or in the app today. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. <laughs> Ooh, look at Deb in the chat room. She says, I'm feeling a little filthy. Ow! You got attacked. The cat decided to slide off me, and I, apparently I'm just a scratching post, so. It's a nice sidewalk you made there. It is. It's not an Edmonton sidewalk because there's it's clear of snow. Yeah, that looks like a Victoria sidewalk. Oh, nice and... Mm-hmm. Looks freshly pressure washed. I guess. It dirty it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe put a dandelion in there or something. Perfect. There you go, Dave. Dandelion. Appreciate that. <clears throat> Dirty's gonna be selling artwork in Vegas. If you want some of his bigger pieces. 
Yes, I'll have some originals there, actually. What are you charging for those? Have you figured that out yet? Because people always ask. I don't know. i got to convert it from... I gotta convert it from Canadian to American. I mean, million dollars per one. Yeah, that million dollars Canadian is like six bucks American, I think, right? Yeah, pretty close. In yeah, a, about that. Yeah, in a Trudeau world, it usually is. That's that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just excited for that slice of pizza, Dave. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to wait a long time. Sorry, I have the patience of a burglar. Vash the Impaler. How you doing, buddy? Good to have you here. Travis, your hair got longer. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. That's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Always is. How do you not, hey, hey, listeners, how do you not love Travis William Moustoos, man? You're awesome. You're awesome, man. Friggin' love you. Listeners, and uh, love you all back, and thank you so much. And the blessings to all, and, you know, I hope everybody's having a great evening out there, a great day, wherever you're listening in from. And out here in the Space Out Radio and uh, share some of these tales. That's right. Hey, David Lyle, how you doing? I want to say thank you so much to Juan W. Decker with a hat trick, Simon in Australia, Pam, Blue Cruise, Mr. Catfish, Saucer, Jeremy, Atlantis, Renee, Thomas, and Deb for the amazing Super Chats tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And here we go, everyone. We're going into the next half hour. Let's rock. Here we go. We passed the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Final time tonight, Travis William Mustus is here as we are talking monsters and legends all night long. Right before the break, we were talking about the secrets of the Nahani Valley in the Canadian Northwest Territories, where literally explorers back in the 20s, 30s went in there, didn't come back, and when their bodies were found, they were missing their heads. Now, the heads weren't cut off. They seemed to be ripped off in that area. It could have been polar bears. It could have been grizzly bears, Kodiaks, black bears, uh, maybe uh, maybe a bunch of dirty foxes. I don't know. Travis, I mean, you have heard legends from up north of you. What do you think's going on? Oh, 
there's a lot of a lot of uh, mythical creatures still alive. Um, still get the ice bears out there and whatnot. And uh, these are bears with literally like an ice like forming on the side of them that makes like a shield, so like or, like arrows wouldn't pierce through and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but like like hearing some of the tales from the north, there was always this tale like of a of a society of giants that were actually more sophisticated than the ones we we're dealing with down here. And they actually did have a little little uh, pyramid and little society built out there with some of the uh, other, uh, I should say, northern tribes and whatnot. So they did have, like, trade with them and whatnot. And also, too, along with these beings, uh, giants, subgiants, uh, there was also these uh, ancient, like, uh, reptilians and different kind of, like, uh, fur, like, fur uh, creatures, like, um, you know, like, uh, like almost like dog people and, like, other, other ancient beings that lived there. But they have a very esoteric society and more highly advanced connections to the universe, uh, they were able to um, li- when they when the cataclysms hit on on our planet, they were actually able to leave through a dimension to another moon, habitable moon within our solar system, and live there and and just like build society and and survive all the and return to Earth. I imagine if that's what they were coming back, they were spotted there again or seen there again, maybe returning to see if it was habitable again. But there was always these talks of like how some of the giants and beings, mystical beings, left before the cataclysm could happen and and uh, yeah, like uh, they went to an habitable moon out there. <laughs> Have you ever studied the case of the First Nation in Nunavut? And I believe it was in the 1930s, and a, and a trader from Hudson Bay Company would come in once every month or two to bring them supplies. And then when he went on one of his supply runs up there, when he arrived, the entire community of a couple hundred people were gone, vanished, no footprints out, fire still burning, clothes still drying. What do you think happened there, if you've heard that story? So many different, uh, like, uh, possibilities happen. Like, sometimes, like, uh, with the polar mag- magnetics out there, uh, it could just totally, uh, you know, flip uh, timelines for people out there, different realities. Um, but I also heard that uh, the people the mist the Eskimo uh, people and the Inuit people like they have such a such a uh, origin story surrounded in, in mystery and and uh, they come from like the north like a, a civilization in the north like where it was like an Eden and and uh, like I said uh, if they returned back there I wouldn't be surprised but yeah it's like uh, they t- they talk about they they've traveled from the far further north to down here like and uh they came from a place like a civilization that was like an Eden. They talk about that, and um, but yeah, like and they they always talk like they can go back there, return there. Or, you know, they know the way through the ice. Amazing, absolutely amazing. All right, let us go to. We got a couple questions here. This this is from Tony in the UK. Hi, Dave, Travis, and everyone in chat. Is it possible that a skinwalker person could turn into a Sasquatch? Uh, no, uh, they're very, very different. Um, Sasquatch beings, uh, the most a uh, person would turn into a Sasquatch is when they become a wild man. And that's like when they return back to the wild and they, they actually do become like a, like almost like a Sasquatch guy <laughs> or, or a woman, you know, and they become like the wild again. And they revert back to like the not like their you know animalistic ways and and they're it's totally different. But uh, Skinwalker, no, this is this thing totally uh, takes a human uh, body and uh, kind of turns it into like a, a like a flesh cocoon and then breaks out and uh, be, 
like just keeps getting bigger as it uh, progresses through like you know eating people and uh, tribes. Like I said, sometimes these things would break out and uh, they just walk into a tribe and eat about 30 people, sit there and they'd eat everyone until everyone, like, they eat, eat everyone. And uh, they'd be so much more bigger. They'd get to grow to the size of a teepee and just walk through the woods. And, and uh, yeah, like I said, they were very malicious and, and a lot of bands had to group together to defeat them and send them away. But the one that got real huge and was just unstoppable grew, grew wings eventually. And flew into the space, like into the sky, like above the clouds, and just kept going. And we don't know where it went. And uh, <laughs> like, still to this day, that's like one of the worst ones. Like, probably that goes on my number one list. That that thing, Richards. You know, I don't want to see that. <laughs> but yeah, that's that. That thing was totally undefeatable. Wow. But yeah. Wow, that's incredible. That is incredible. Let's go to Amy. Do they, as in the creatures, sometimes leave paw prints just to let you know they're around? Uh, yeah, like uh, if you're talking like um, your your guides, yes, yeah, and that's usually like a sign, like uh, they're around, they're showing them their their presence, like they're they're protecting, like they're protecting your energies, your area, your person. Um, you know, it's like uh, you know, it could be also too like uh, a sign that you're on the right path. There's these little symbolisms that they give like that. Uh, but like, uh, if you're talking creatures, yeah, like uh, the cryptid, sometimes like they'll, they'll leave like gash marks on the side of houses or in the floors, or like I said, they'll blow out all windows in a home or, you know, like things will be just mysteriously like, yeah, yeah. They do leave paw prints and stuff like that. Claw marks and trees and things. And... All right. Oh, yeah. Let's get or to dead animal. Let's get to another. I was going to say one time. Sorry, you kind of broke up there. Oh, sorry. Uh, One time we found a horse and it just had its whole neck just twisted, broke. Like, like it was, and it was found in a field, like my uncle's field. And we're like, what could break that thing's neck, right? Like, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so like there's these, they'll leave signs that they're around or trying to come back or whatever. But yeah, anyway, go ahead. What were you going to say, Dave? Sorry about that. Let's go to LM. Travis, please, please explain your understanding regarding the origin of tricksters and or death harbingers within your cultural knowledges. All right. So, um, yeah, tricksters. Um, Masaki Chuck is one of them. Uh, very powerful spiritual beings. Um, the tricksters uh, are medicine, medicine shaman men, um, you know, keepers of the muskiki. Uh, they, the tricksters there, they, like I said, they could, uh, they'll guide you on your path, but, uh, like it, it might be like a, like a, it's a tricky one, right? <laughs> Full of little surprises and things, but usually these are blessings in, in disguise and it helps people like uh, grow a better understanding of their reality. Um, the tricksters though, uh, they played a lot of part in teaching. Like, so that, that's like a, like the big point about it is like they play a lot about teaching people and uh, in your life, like uh, especially in your journey um, and death harbingers, these guys. Um, these ones are the ones that kind of like, uh, they judge you when you go on to the next uh, journey. And if you've done wrong in, in the spirit world, native world, then it's like, uh, it's kind of like these two elders bring you and two, like they grab you, two warriors grab you and they bring you on a stone and if they judge you, this elder judges you with this giant, it's like a big giant, uh, I guess like a, not, it's like a big uh, wooden, like mal ball or something like that, right? And bring it down and you stone mall and cracks your whole spirit, your skull and everything. But yeah, this thing, and they keep they keep doing that too until your spirit's totally gone and like out of existence. 
Um, but yeah, def Death Harbingers. Yeah, definitely. And uh, there's also ones too, like in forms of like uh, of animals or dragons, like that people have to when you do your sorry when you do your spirit your vision quest. Usually, like on um, third or fourth one, you're building spiritual weapons to take with you on your journey when you're out there. You know, you're building arrows, you're building bows, you're building spears, you're taking the tomahawk. Um, these things are, are there to guide you in the spirit realm and help you. So, like, when you're on your journey in the next realm, you have these weapons with you to fight these these death harbingers or these things that come for you. That, that you know, you like, it's like sometimes a giant snake and you only have four, four magic arrows to hit it. Um, sometimes it's a big bull man you're fighting with an axe, you know, these things like these, uh, you know, it's all like a, it's a journey in the next life, right? It's into, into the next, you know, the universe. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more interesting there. I, I, lo <laughs> I love this question from grumpy bird who is also part of the Cree nation. Why are the hot rocks during a sweat called our grandfathers? Yes. Like I said, uh, one of the oldest elements, um, the earth, the fire, the water, the air, these are all like old, like the elder grandfathers, the light, you know, in our universe, the sun, like I said, and, uh, these, uh, these beings are very ancient, they're connections to our universe. And, uh, that's why it's like a, it's a deep connection. They're like, they're part of our ceremony. We're holding that respect. We're calling them in. And, uh, and also too, like, uh, protections too, grandfathers. And, uh, yeah. So like, that's, uh, that's one of the reasons. And, um, uh, yeah, like I said, we're all connected. Uh, grandfather's rocks, the uh, you know, the mother moon, and uh, all the grandfather suns. All these directions are all, all in all, all in play. Like so, the the east, the south, the west, the north are grandfather directions, and then the south, and then the in between those, the four are our grandmother directions. So like it's like um, they all they all play they all play together. Like like I mean like it all it all it all uh, correlates in the universe and. Uh, you know, and the specific things are held in, in the different ways. Like in the east is, uh, you have the, you have a, sorry, in the east, you have the light, you have the fire. And then the, in the south, you have the rocks, the earth. And then in the west, you have the water. And then the, the top, you have the air, the north. And the, those are the directions of that. So it's like, um, you know, and it's, uh, they're all, they're all part of our connections, I should say. Susie wants, Susie wants to know, are you joining us in Las Vegas for our fan party in May? I would love to. I'd, I would love to. I'd have to uh, accumulate some uh, funds on the side for that. And uh, I would love to. I would love to be out there and come check out the Las Vegas area and see all the ships flying in the sky above there. There's a lot going on out there right now. A lot of ships out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. All right. Let's move on to another question. This one from Mark. Travis, have you ever seen UFOs, Sasquatch, in your childhood? Uh, yeah, the Star Nation. Yes, we. I've I've seen uh, the Star Nation come down and and uh, do uh, light like flashing and stuff like that as a kid. And I I've seen all that and in ceremonies, a lot of like the Sasquatch uh, being would come around. Uh, like I said, when I was going on my first uh, vision quest, the Sasquatch had made himself known. I didn't see him, but he would make himself known. But uh, yeah, but Star Nation, a lot of that. Uh, you know, you see them all the time, the ships, the crafts, the visions, the uh, remote viewings of them. They're always, they're always around throughout my life. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We got to figure out a way to get you to Vegas to our fan party. We definitely have to figure that out. 
All right, let us move on here, my friend. Bomber is asking, Travis, have you ever heard of people seeing what looks like a lit cigarette ember in the dark woods? When a flashlight shines on it, it disappears. I could sense someone watching. Then I saw that. It was close, and it was moving up and down or side to side. I don't remember. I thought someone was smoking there. Alas, there was not a human. What was this creature? It could have been a. It could have been a a, a, a fairy, an elemental spirit. Uh, sometimes a star nation would come down and, uh, like from the from the northern lights, and it would bring like little orb orb energies in these, uh, which the spirits would use to show us where to do our ceremonies or to or to do like uh, to have a vision quest there, or or say that that there's an area full of medicines and and or say there will be an area that the orb will go. And then the next day there will be like all these plants, like medicine plants growing because like that, that uh, the medicine men need or use in that time. And it's all like a gift from creation and, and, uh, and like, like the universe is like a connection with the people and, and, uh, and their belief with that, that harmonization of the planet. And yeah, it's, it's a real deep connection. Excellent. So, yeah. That's fine. I'm going to get to a question that Heather had here, okay, uh, because I, I didn't know about Jasper where this happened. I knew about the one in Whistler that happened, but about the giant that was spotted on top of the mountain, a man died after seeing this in helicopters and a large machine. Is the government doing something with these giant beings? Um, yeah, that they're they I imagine they're uh, interested in what they're what they're protecting or what they're you know what they're guarding up there. Um yeah, the, the, those beings do exist up there. There has been cases where uh ancient uh like ancient tales where the natives went up there for protection against uh well against the uh, intruding um I should say settlers and whatnot with guns and uh, settlers were literally getting like rocks thrown down on them and crushed and so they left, right? But the giants helped do that. Um but yeah, like I said, they were up there protecting. There's like an ancient, uh, you know, the connection to the land that they have, and uh, they're probably interested in that. So that does probably make sense. something ancient from. That does make sense, my friend. I will get you to hold on, uh, and for another question here, let's go to Blue Cruise. Any dinosaur encounters or sightings? Uh, yeah. Uh, there's been a few people that said they seen the alligator, alligator uh, clans and spaceships and stuff like that. Uh, they seen uh, they seen those kind of beings like like almost like from from the ancient times. They said uh, they came down, uh, but dinosaurs like in the forests and stuff like that. Uh, like other than the creatures swimming in the waters, I haven't seen any like uh, raptoids or any anything like um, like like the ancient ancient dinosaurs just yet. But I, I imagine that if, if like, uh, you know, if the stories are true and a lot of, like, the portals are opening, then, yeah, I could see some of these being coming back up from the inner earth, you know, a lot of these dinosaurs and different creatures like that, uh, especially when it comes to flying creatures. Making it out of the portals would be easier for them. I could see that. Christine wants to know, what do the star being or star nation beings look like? Ah, yes. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, we had one up when I say the one uh, came down in the sweat lodge from the from the clouds. Uh, it, the one it would look like a big pink. It was like a, 
a head like this and the, it was a healing healing one this one was like about healing and uh it was there to heal the people in the sweat lodge and it was just flying around and this energy just like like and it was able to form its it's uh in this energy like it was able to form its like form and it was like sitting in the circle in our in our ceremony and everything and uh but yeah like yeah when the guy said when it when it left like after that it went away like and then uh the guy opened the doors the the round was over the guy that was bringing in the rocks is like you guys should have seen it this cloud just like flew over the sweat lodge and you just seen this like uh this like energy just pouring into the sweat lodge when when you guys were singing in there and then that's when it came four juicy raisin canes chicken fingers garlicky buttered texas toast crispy crinkle cut fries fresh coleslaw and the secret cane sauce that makes the perfect box combo we take pride in making the best chicken finger meals one love ready to go and you can taste it in every bite raisin canes chicken fingers one love raisin canes is bringing the party this mardi gras with tailgates full of cooked to order chicken fingers and jugs of freshly squeezed lemonade and freshly brewed tea order online or in the app today raising canes chicken fingers one love when we're all singing and all in tune and just it was just it was like a very high energy sensation <laughs> i never knew the power of a blessed drum until last year when we were in an area uh that was overlooking a little bit of a canyon and we were drum i was drumming uh, my daughter had me or had made me a drum um that was blessed by the first nations because you're not allowed to take a drum without it being blessed and it, it was beautiful she made it out of sinew and and everything and long story short i'm up in the mountains with my buddy paul and i start drumming and i feel this this native spirit come around us and i could hear him talk to me and and he was thanking me for the drumming which i've never experienced before and then i remember him saying there's nothing here but if you go to your other spot and i knew what spot he was talking to he goes you're going to see something really cool so i thanked him put the drum back in my vehicle my buddy paul and i we go to this other spot and i had always wanted to see um, ever since they launched them, I always wanted to see the Starlink satellites. And so we pull up to this other spot. On the left of us, we have Starlink flying by. And on the right of us, we are surrounded by the Northern Lights dancing all around us. So this this male, this male native spirit gave us that gift in return for the drumming that we had provided for him. And uh, I was never really sure about it, you know, because I do have a little bit of skepticism, believe it or not. I do have some skepticism, but that was powerful for me, my man. That was very powerful. Like, wow. Yeah. The, they are very powerful. Like uh power bags because like uh the power they can they can like like open to you know so it's uh yeah oh very much so very much so 
All right. We got one final question. We got three minutes. Eric is asking, is copper fatal to giants? Yes. A lot of uh, a lot of the the weapons that were made out here were made with copper. We were taught that envision we traded a lot of copper with a lot of different societies across the world and stuff like that out here. We did we did use it. We did mine it. Uh, there's a few uh, uh, traditional names that actually like are are based around these uh, these uh, tribes and people that actually were gifted with the metals and uh, yeah. And uh, nowadays they they translate them out to like Iron Man and different uh, last names like that. But right, yeah, they, uh, they did. Uh, we do uh, like I still have, like in. Like we still do have a bronze axe, like things like that. Yeah, heads and things like that. So they were um, they were worked with metal was worked with in the, in the time ancient times as well. well. You know what? We got time for one more. Mister Cohen here in beautiful Washington D.C. is asking: Does anxiety or panic attacks have anything to do with the other side? Uh, usually, this is more of like just like a like an energy imbalance. Um, usually it's more personal, uh, than other side attacks. But if you feel that it is like, uh, like an energy attack and what you, uh, you know, to center yourself in meditation and surround yourself with, uh, surround yourself with, a like a guy, like a, like a beautiful light and just like kind of just meditate into that and to allow yourself to, uh, um, flow with that. And, uh, like I said, that will just help you center yourself and keep any of like, uh, spiritual attacks or any kind of like that from your mind or anything. So, uh, but yeah, like it's usually just like a, you know, just a off balance kind of thing. So. Excellent. One minute to go here, my friend, what's up with you over the next little while here? Uh, the next little while here, um, I've, um, I, you know, I've, I got a few things like, uh, and it works like uh, in terms of like uh, seeing me in some films coming out, uh, but also um, like I did a little bit of work uh, that show Last of Us is out. I did a little bit of work on there, like, uh, but uh, uh, so and uh, a few other films that will be out soon. But uh, other than that, uh, like event wise in my community, I'm taking all the youth out for a fishing trip so we can uh, so I can teach them some of the ways about the lake and some of these tales and teach them and. And, uh, yeah, just passing that on forward there and uh, just living my life every day, encounters and, uh, you know, keeping my eyes to the sky for all the ships, the beautiful Galactic Alliance making its presence known and uh, all these uh, wonderful, like, tales and things that are just showing up in my world that I just, I'm just so glad to hear and so grateful to be a part of. And, and uh, yeah, like, it's just, it's so, so awesome. And thank you so much for giving me this, this time to speak on this platform and uh, be here and, and for everyone and, uh, it's such a blessing, dude. So thank you for that. Appreciate oh, it so well, much. Well, I can guarantee we are going to do it again very, very soon. We'll have to talk Las Vegas with you as well. Travis William Moustus, our favorite monster hunter from the Cree Nation in Edmonton, Alberta. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Then Super Duke returns with the Cryptid Report. Hour 3 is next. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good to have you here. Appreciate you, buddy. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, man. I love it. I love just man and I enjoy so much when people are intrigued to hear it, you know. So Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you're one of the best out there, buddy. You are one of the best. 
And, uh, you know, that's why we keep bringing you on, on. And like I said, we'll do it again. We'll do it every couple of months. I don't care. I don't care. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, buddy. Awesome. Excellent. This is great, man. Appreciate it. All right, brother. I'm going to let you go and enjoy your evening. Thank you for coming in on such short notice, my man. I really do appreciate that. Uh, Grumpy Bird said he was born in Saddle Lake. Born in Saddle Lake, yes. So uh, you might know, you might hear about some of these guys. Uh, uh, Cardinal um, uh, George Cardinal, I think his, was his name. He used to do the blessings over the Saddle Lake for that the jaguar creature. You can find it in the paper. There was a paper. Um, you know, at, message me on Facebook. Connect with me. I'll send you the. I'll send you the. the... All right, buddy. I know you're in the tra- you're you're often in our chat room as uh, Travis W. So if anybody ever sees uh, Travis W. in our chat room, that is Travis on screen. I'm gonna let you go. Thank you so much, my man. You take care. Okay. We'll talk soon. See you later, Travis William Mustus, right there. God, I love that guy. Love him. He's just amazing. I'll be right back, guys. There goes Dave. Crush by a cat again. Nonetheless, come to Vegas. Got a million art cards. Maybe not a million, but got plenty of them. And uh, hang out with all the weirdos and everything. It's going to be a good time. I went last year. Yes, Penny Van, the cats are always clawing at me. Not much you can do about it, though. Ooh, hold on a second. I think I got some power here to... Let's see here. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Apparently, I don't have any fancy settings. We can put Dave up there. Oh, look at that. I guess we can kind of scoot that over. Blood was in the way. That's all right. There's a whole bunch of options, and I'm not very fluent with this. So, Look, there's Super Duke. Well, I think that's probably the best one. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's the best we're going to get without me totally ruining the entire thing. Close the entire show off and just get fired from drawing cartoons. Telepathic phone, eh? Well, nonetheless, you got the aliens, reptilians, to be exact. They got their masks on. The one guy's gonna go with his tinfoil hat mask. Brilliant idea. 
That'd be the coolest thing if some like politician or someone just pulled off a mask and they were a reptilian creature. Read on TV, live TV during Stanley Cup finals or something. That'd be awesome. Well, I'm out of tea, so Dave's going to have to hurry up and get back here because he needs some tea and he's probably outside getting attacked by a Sasquatch or something. I've drawn Dave before. I got a picture of Dave here as a cartoon. There's Dave as a cartoon. Also, Dave was kind enough to write me a little forward in my book. Thanks for that, Dave. That's the first time I've ever done that. Well, that's that's the coolest thing in the world, so I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, bring a copy for me so I can buy it from you, please. I think I can do that. Thanks, buddy. <coughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to copy of that. I'm going to go and uh, pet the cats. Hold on. What does this one say? Hold on. Well, I tried to get the big picture, but I couldn't. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm going there we are. Brilliant. Beautiful, filth. Get Be- it, cause- Beautiful. Because the reptilians were in human masks. Yes. Nice. Very nice. You got to draw a Vegas one like that with aliens in the casino. But uh, we got 10 seconds left, Phil, so I'm going to have to butt in here and say thank you to all of our super chatters tonight. You guys are amazing. Thank you for the love and support. Really do appreciate it. Here comes Hour 3. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet, we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Navis. Navis is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. 
I'm a 17-year-old guy currently living in Phoenix, Arizona. Around six months ago, this incident took place on an overnight trip into the Superstition Mountains, about an hour's drive east of Phoenix. I'm not going to specify the exact trail because I've been doing this a long time and I know enough what happens when you post things on the internet. Whether it's a golf course, abandoned mine, ghost, or whatever it may be, people usually come flocking with a lot of trash and loud music. Anyway, this trail I was taking was an 8 mile loop through a canyon, a simple in and out overnight trip. I planned to go with my friend, but the last minute cancellation on his part left me on my own. So, with a packed bag and a car ready to go, I decided to go independently. I was not leaving the house on time and having trouble navigating through forest roads. I didn't arrive at the trailhead until around 5.45. For those of you who don't backpack, this is a huge no-no. I had about a four-mile hike until I arrived at my planned camping spot, and it was getting dark fast, so I figured I would move quick. I could get at least two to three miles in before I had to find a spot to stop. This strategy left me hiking a very dark trail on my own with about 15 miles of dirt road between me and anyone else. Walking in the dark by itself can be scary, especially for where I was being on my own. Eventually, it got so dark that I could only see where my headlamp was pointing, and that's when I figured I needed to stop and set up a camp for the night. With only using the headlamp as my light source and trying to move fast, I ended up in a less than ideal spot. But, there were some burnt pieces of wood in the remains of a fire circle. Hence, it looked like people had been there before, but not very recently. My priority was to get a fire going. I scanned the area and was able to find some dry wood, and I got the fire going. I got my tarp out, set it up, and cracked open a can of chili mac I had brought with me. I was looking forward to eating, as I was very tired. I felt good, my camp was set up, and my food was on the fire. The uneasiness that I had from the hike had almost gone away completely, and concern from the walk-in had virtually gone away. But it was still there, a side effect of camping alone in remote areas. To fully understand what happened, I must explain how my camp was set up. The site I had picked was a small clearing surrounded by large pine trees with the trail about 30 feet to my left. When you are in the woods and have a fire going, the fire cast a circle of light around it and everything on the edge of that circle. And past it, you're pitch black. I was sitting on the ground near my fire eating dinner when a small rock about the size of a marble was thrown into my camp. I looked at the tiny rock in shock as I was positive that I was the only person on this trail that night. I immediately turned my light on and towards the area where I'd seen the rock come from, and due to the density of pines and brush I could only see about 10 feet. I spent the next 15 minutes in disbelief as I scanned the tree line that surrounded me, searching for whoever had thrown that rock, not daring to stray too far away from the fire that in hindsight offered me a false sense of security. After sitting back down and spending the rest of my time on high alert, I convinced myself that I had somehow kicked the rock or it had fallen from a tree. I went to sleep that night not expecting the pure terror that would unfold. I woke up to the sound of rustling leaves, barely inaudible if you weren't listening for them, but they were there. Still in a sleepy daze, I heard the rustling of leaves, harder to hear as I assumed they were moving away from me. I went to grab the handheld flashlight that I had next to me when I had fallen asleep, but the more I looked, the more scared I got as I realized that it was no longer there. I stood up in my sleeping bag, ducked out of my tarp, and looked around. I could see the light off in the woods. 
It couldn't have been more than 15 feet away. It was my flashlight lying on the ground in a pile of leaves. This is one of the few moments in my life where I have almost crapped my pants. The flashlight that I had left sitting right next to me when I had fallen asleep a few hours ago was now 15 feet away from me past the tree line in the woods. I hurriedly slipped on my boots, clutching my knife in my other hand and keeping my head on a swivel. I weighed out my options, staying here and waiting out the night or attempting the three-mile hike back to my car in the dark. I figured that whoever or whatever was out here with me was going to have a better advantage if I was out on the trail without a light, so I decided to stay in the camp and wait it out. Eventually it came back. I could hear it walking through the woods. It was far off, but I could listen to it. It sounded like someone leisurely walking by, like they were on a stroll without a care in the world. Sometimes it would wander too far away and I would lose the sound of its steps, but then an hour later, maybe two, it would return still faint as ever. This went on for three or four hours until I listened to the steps get closer and closer until they were easily seven feet away from me. The fire had been tiny as I had run out of wood in my pile. The footsteps stopped and everything went silent. I sat there for two hours, clutching a knife in my hand, praying for two hours, taking the knife into my other hand and praying that I would hear nothing else. I stayed like that until the sun cast enough light to see that I was alone at my campsite. I packed my things up and speed walked the hell out of there. I did a record three mile hike. I arrived at the empty dirt road where my car was parked and nearly sprinted to it as I unlocked my Subaru, jumped in and drove, and didn't stop until I was at least 20 miles away. I had stopped at a gas station in Apache Junction to buy a Red Bull, mostly just to see and talk to another human being. As I exited the store, I read what was written in the dust on the back of my window. It said, Sleep well? Many things have happened to me in my various adventures, especially through Arizona. But this was the most mysterious and scariest day by far, so I thought I'd share it. There is a seriously deranged person living in the Superstition Mountains. Do yourself a favor and stay far away from there. And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here taking us on adventures and journeys each and every night, Monday through Friday, to kick off our number three of this show. Yeah, if you want more, he's got thousands of stories just like that. Go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads and move on from there. All right. It is time once again for us to go from the swamp to the forests and mountains of Montana Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio returns for the Cryptid Report. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome 
Welcome to the CPAP Games Live from the Hayes Bedroom. It's another eventful night, Bruce. It sure is, Ron. Steve has been struggling with his CPAP. His wife, Michelle, is trying to contain her rage. Michelle throws an elbow. Ah! She's leaving for the couch. Steve should get inspired. Absolutely, Bruce. Inspire is a sleep apnea treatment that gives you comfortable, restful sleep with the click of a remote. There's no mask and no hose. Just sleep. Learn more at InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. Super Duke from the World Bigfoot Radio, your resident Sasquatch ambassador, and the man of the myth and the motorhead legend. Yes. How you doing? Lemmy is my spirit animal. Le- yeah. Lemmy is your spirit animal. God bless Lemmy. And the background here, you can see I got a new, a brand new Bigfoot t-shirt hanging up in the studio. And this is a good example of how much saturation there is with Bigfoot uh, merchandise and memorabilia, paraphernalia, et cetera, here in Montana. This is from Lincoln, Montana, a dinky, tiny, itty-bitty, inconsequential little speed bump in the road, and yet they have their own Bigfoot T-shirt. <laughs> like every stinking little town in the state has their own Bigfoot T-shirt. Missoula has several. It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, the reason that got changed around, you, you guys might recall if you're paying close attention, I had the... Boggy Creek folk monster up there for a long time. Well, I finally got Keith Crabtree recorded. So now it's time to change T-shirts around. So you can look forward to him being on an upcoming episode. I also have lined up to record Danielle Diva. We're going to talk about one of her countrymen from a long time ago, uh, Count Vlad Dracula. So I'm sure that show will be very interesting. We're going to clear the air and get some actual historical information on this guy out there. And quit relying on drunken Irishmen that were never in the country to uh, write stories about him. And that would be Bram Stoker. Now, on another interesting note, uh, we have like three reports tonight, if I can manage to get through all three of them. First one is uh, something that doesn't pop up a lot where you get reports from over in Europe. But uh, Deborah Hatswell, British Bigfoot Research, on her uh, YouTube channel brought this one up. There was a gentleman in Scotland, of all places, doing a little nature hike around the woods by himself. And he's got his camera with, cause he likes to walk around the woods and take pictures. And he sees something he has never seen before. And being like most normal humans, he doesn't sit there and try and take a bunch of pictures of it. He panics and runs away. But he, at least since he's got his camera there and he's taking pictures already snaps one shot of it before he runs away. And like most of these type of pictures, it's kind of a black blob. You can go and look at it if you want and try and figure out for yourself what it is. Now, the uh, UK residents are fairly well convinced there's no such thing as Bigfoot there. So since the picture is taken at uh, Loch Skeen, they have named it the Loch Skeen Gorilla, which I find absolutely hilarious. Dave, remember 150 years ago when all those reports were coming in about escaped gorillas all the time? And there were, always must have been a circus nearby, and the gorillas escaped off the train, and that's what the guy saw in the woods? Yeah, the British are doing the same thing all over again. If they see anything that looks like a Bigfoot, it must be an escaped gorilla, right? Of course, it's it's always an escaped gorilla. It's it's always an escaped gorilla. So anyway, if you guys want to check out the escaped gorilla picture, you can go over to uh, 
her group or her uh, channel on uh, YouTube, Deborah Hatswell, British Bigfoot Research. Now, for our second one, we got comes in from the Yukon, um, which anybody, if you're living up in the Yukon and you're interested in doing Bigfoot research, move somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> the Yukon Sasquatch are notoriously incredibly dangerous, and that is like the worst place, maybe outside in Ahani Valley. That you could try and do research on them. You might as well become the Jane Goodall of the face eaters. It's not going to work out well. So anyway, uh, this report, like I said, was sent in to Kelly Shaw, who was just recently on my show for three weeks in a row, uh, from a guy named Russell. And it's called Giant Yukon Sasquatch Roars in Man's Face as Victims Sprint for Cover. He says, greetings, RMSO. I'm Russell. The story I want to report is not mine. It's my parents'. It happened when I was just five years old, little baby. In 1992, my father and mother were very poor. We lived in a cottage about a mile away from the small city of Mayo, Yukon, Canada. My dad was working hard saving money so we could get out of there and live a better life in some better city. We had a German shepherd named Barney. He guarded the house. Well, this all happened in the winter of 1992. It was evening and was snowstorming. My mom was in the living room with me sleeping in her arms. My dad said that he was going to enter the garage and fix the car and something that car axle that was slightly loose. The problem is the garage is only accessible by the outside. So he left and took Barney the dog with him. By the time he finished fixing the car and closed the garage, he noticed Barney looking in one specific direction. Without warning, Barney ran barking in that direction, fading into the snowstorm. My father ran after him, yelling his name. He ran for about eight yards when he saw a huge shadow coming in his direction, walking on two legs. My father told me he thought it was a bear for a second, but then as the shadow approached, he noticed it had a coned head, wide shoulders, long arms, huge hands, massive muscles. Its entire body was covered in jet black hair, head to toe, and he saw its face that he describes as a mix of an orangutan face and a human face. I find that interesting because the uh first thing that i saw back in 1972 in northern minnesota looked orangutan like <clears throat> its entire body covered in jet black hair like i said the thing stood in front of him and roared at his face this exact moment he sprinted to the house and locked the door he said to me the sound was so loud his ears rang it woke me up and i started crying my mother asked my father what the hell was that roar he didn't say anything. He just grabbed his shotgun and said to my mother to hide in the wardrobe with me. She managed to make me stop crying and stayed silent inside the wardrobe. Well, my father said he looked out the window and he saw something that made him fear for our lives. He saw the creature that roared at him outside looking at the house, but now there were two more of these creatures with him. One was jet black like the first, but smaller. Dad swore to me the smaller one had breasts. The third one is even taller than the other two. It had grayish tan skin and snow white fur, but wasn't as bulky as the one that roared at him. Dad said the creatures started looking at each other, and he heard them making a sound that he said sounded like some kind of a gibberish language. He could see their mouths were moving very fast and could measure their size according to the trees outside. The bulky one that roared was about nine feet tall, the one he took to be a female about seven feet, and the big white one, he puts it 11 feet. Wow. At this point, Dad said to me that he just stood there in the living room waiting for them to try to barge into the house so he could shoot them. He waited for hours, and nothing happened except for the sound of little rocks being thrown at the house. 
The noises stopped and he saw the clock. It was already 7 a.m. And he said to my mother to lock the door because he was going outside. He got outside with his shotgun and found three different tracks, human-like tracks. He measured one to be 53 to 55 centimeters, the other one about 60 centimeters, and the really big one over 70 centimeters. He ran the same direction Barney went and found Barney's corpse 20 yards from the house. His head was crushed. He's sure that one of the creatures that killed, it was one of the creatures that killed Barney. Barney was a big German shepherd, and by the look of his corpse, he was easily killed. Dad buried him in the yard of the property. Two weeks after this event, my dad got enough money for us to move to the city of Whitehorse and buy a house there. We moved, and I live there to this day. I'm certain that Dad saw three Bigfoots that day. I hope the story interests you. Thanks for reading it. Kelly Shaw responds. Thanks for sending your parents' sighting report and experiences. 55 to 53 to 55 centimeters around 21 inches. 60 centimeters, 23 inches, and 70 is around 27 inches. Even the smallest one was huge. Do you know what your father used to measure the Bigfoot tracks? Did anyone take any photos of the tracks? Or do you have a photo of the homestead where all this happened? Russell replies, Hi, I talked with my father about these details, and he said to me that at the time, they only had money for food and all the basics. They were very poor and didn't have a camera, so he never took a photo of the house or the tracks. He said he measured the footprints in the snow with two school scales, uh, each one 30 centimeters. He said the smaller footprints of the female was about 55 centimeters, footprints of the big one a little bit bigger, et cetera, et cetera. We kind of covered that already. Um he, my dad measured them. Uh, he, he believed the big one was too heavy and was dragging his feet, which could have been why the footprint looked so big, but he wasn't sure. My father said one more thing. The big one looked old and was a little hunchback, too. So there you go. Got a report from Rocky Mountain Sasquatch, and that came from Kelly's blog site, where he generally posts between three and five reports per day. So if you guys want to catch a lot of extra content, that you won't be seeing anywhere else. He has people all over the place sending him in. And recently he had uh, some, uh, there's like a kind of an isolated village in Ontario. There aren't even any roads to it. You have to get in by plane to get there. And uh, they've been having all kinds of Bigfoot activity and there aren't any Bigfoot researchers in the area. The nearest one would be Blaine Tyler. And he's like, I'm not going to rent a plane to fly over there. I got plenty of Bigfoot where I'm at. So uh, it, they're sort of like doing their own research and trying to get information and pictures and pictures of tracks and reports of anything that's happening around the area and sending them on to him. So you know, if you want to keep up with what's happening in Ontario right now, Rocky Mountain Sasquatch is actually covering it. So there's some interesting stuff right there for you guys to look at. And now if we still have enough time, I get through this. we got three and a half account. minutes, Duke. Three and a half minutes. I'm not sure I can make it through this one. Pretty long. Fort Lewis Army Base, 1966. This one's a little bit shorter. Sighting occurred February 27th. No, no, that one's too long, too. <laughs> ah, sorry. That's all right. Yeah, it, the old just take too long to go through some of these reports because it's it, they generally really hard to find short ones that are like two paragraphs or something. I, I hear you, my man. I hear you. But you know what? I don't know what the snow is doing in your area, but uh, around here it's melting like anything right now. I might actually even be able to get into my territory here if this continues. It was supposed to be snowing today, and the temperatures were too warm, so we just got drizzle. It's, they're calling it wintry mix right now. But, yeah, last night it was in the 40s. 
So it's been melting day and night for a few days here, which is, of course, putting off the big fog bank. It's like London fog and you have the gray overcast sky. So even though it's warm, it's not like appealing warm. <laughs> it's gloomy, miserable, wet, dank warm, but at least it's not in the single digits. And it's around here, nobody's used to this. They're all complaining about it. The locals are all bitching. January, why is it raining? <laughs> Oh my, I know the feeling, but we're all around here wondering what the heck is going on too. Like it's been raining almost 24 hours here. And then we're supposed to go into this weekend at like minus 20 Celsius. Oh God. Yeah. yeah it's supposed to drop here in a couple of days too. We're supposed to be down uh, night after tomorrow. We're supposed to be down in the sub zero again. Yeah. So. Definitely need it. Need it for them forest fires, man. We got about uh, 90 seconds left with you tonight tell everybody where they can find world bigfoot radio well you can find me on odyssey bitshoot rumble and bright eon you can find my support groups on facebook montana bigfoot project over there we show all the research coming out of montana and other places kelly shaw that posts up there a lot and uh also world bigfoot central on uh the MeWe social media platform and uh, I was just looking today, but this is interesting since we have a few seconds left. I was kind of curious how I'm actually doing on some of these other platforms now that I've been posting over there for a few years. And, you know, sometimes you kind of forget to go look at these things. So I wanted to see how I was doing on Rumble and who else was over there posting Bigfoot content. And, you know, I had Buckeye Bigfoot and NVTV and uh, PacWest Bigfoot, a bunch of other ones. And how did my channel stack up to them? Well, as it turns out, I have the biggest Bigfoot channel on Rumble. Awesome. I have three times as many subs as number two, who is Buckeye Bigfoot. So I may not be the king of the hill on YouTube, but I am on Rumble. Come on over and sub me there, too. <laughs> and there is exclusive content on that platform that's not on YouTube. I love it. I love it, Duke. It is always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio. Very excited to have you back next week. You're one of the good guys out there, my friend. And uh, keep the search on and, uh, you know, make sure you check under your bed for Wookiees that are hiding under there each and every night, my man. And it, do like the boogeyman. Check under your bed before you go to sleep in the morning to make sure Chuck Norris isn't there. You got that right. You got that right. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio coming up next. It's Dave 101 night. Oh, and I'm not happy with the way the UFO world is turning. The soap opera called UAP continues. And it's got a bad taste in my mouth. You'll find out why next on Spaced Out Radio. Super Duke! Super Duke! Mm-hmm. The Cryptid Report with Super Duke. Hey, I hope you enjoyed having Tex fill in for me earlier this week. And, uh, you know, he, he he texted me when he was out there finding those handprints going, Duke, what the hell are these? <laughs> are these little people? And he described them. I went, no, those sound like Squatch and handprints, you know. It's a little baby Squatch. You got the handprints what, from What's them, a so. Squatch? Ha- squatchlets. <laughs> I don't know what a Squatch is. A Squatchlet's a baby Sasquatch. Okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. It's mm. like a baby gugwee's a guglet. Guglet. The old Makes guglet. Him sound so, 
they're so cute or you you just want to hug a little baby guglet right before it bites your face off we are called face eaters after all <laughs> don't hug a guglet oh yes oh yes i get you i get you my man Oh, and this weekend, I'm actually going to be doing some more reports from uh, the de facto Sasquatch. I'm going to do a whole show of narration of report after report after report after report after report. So if you guys like those shows where you just listen to lots of Bigfoot reports, you'll have all kinds of fun on Sunday. Excellent. Excellent. Meanwhile, you guys all rock. Dave, you are the king, and I got to go. Love you all. See you later. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. Super Dave, he's so brave. Saw a Bigfoot, didn't run away. Brought his friends and his kid there too and came back another day. Look out! Here comes a Super Dave. Mm -hmm. Look out! Random guy, random guy. (laughs) Flies UFOs like random guy. Gonna build a theme song for you. Got some interesting, fun news tonight, too, after the UFO report. You know what I mean, UFO report? The Dave 101. <coughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting times, man. Interesting times. Random guy, random guy. That's right, Grandizer. I've got a lot of problems with you people. And now you're going to pay for it. You're going to get it. You're going to get good. Hey, it's the Michael Leger. Um, what do we? No, no, no. That was in confidence. Hmm. Hmm. Random guy learned to fly. Saw strange shit up in the sky. Who's going to save the random guy? Yeah, that is my back scratcher. Look at that thing. That thing's evil looking, man. Because I hate paper straws, I even carry a, a metal straw with me now. How sad is that? Seriously, how sad is that that you got to carry your own straw, right? There's my little Bigfoot on my keychain. But how sad is that that you got to carry your own straw now? Because I hate those damn paper straws. Those things are evil paper straws
Big thank you to Juan W. Decker times three, Simon, Pam, Blue Cruise, Mr. Catfish, Saucer, Jeremy, Atlantis, Renee, Thomas, Deb, Vaughn, Tim, and Susie for the amazing Super Chats. Very much appreciate the love and support tonight, everyone. Thank you so much. And I do want to see all of you there if you can make it to Las Vegas, May 19th through 21st, 2023, at the Golden Nugget for our second annual fan party. We are gathering our special guests as we speak, and uh, it's going to be a great time. Check the ticker below on our YouTube channel to make sure you get your email into info at spacedoutradio.com. Here we go. Third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again to yell at all of you to get off my lawn because it's the Dave 101. it's almost time to wave the white flag when it comes to disclosure because it's pretty much time for ufology to give up what do i mean by this leftovers or the dmv or house cleaning Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the CPAP Games live from the Hayes bedroom. It's another eventful night, Bruce. It sure is, Ron. Steve has been flailing everywhere struggling with this CPAP. His wife, Michelle, is as tense as a fiddle string trying to contain her rage. Michelle's rolling Steve over. There he goes, and the mask is off. Oh, my, the snoring. Michelle throws an elbow, now a shove. And she's leaving for the couch, taking her place as the Hayes' 100-pound lab. Bask in that dog breath, Steve. With all this struggle, Steve should get Inspire. Absolutely, Bruce. Inspire is a sleep apnea treatment that gives you comfortable, restful sleep with the click of a remote. That's right, a button. As you sleep, Inspire keeps you breathing normally and sleeping peacefully. There's no mask and no hose. Just sleep. Learn more at InspireSleep.com. That's InspireSleep.com.
Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. Well, the way things are going right now behind the scenes that many of you may not be following is that there's a little group out there that is coming together politically in order to take over the UFO topic. It's all happening in Washington, D.C., If any real journalist was actually covering this subject, they would know about how strange, how weird, how trying this subject actually is. But no, because it's UFOs, it doesn't get the coverage that it deserves with what is going on. Because realistically, this Enigma group that's out there, Enigma Labs, that are brand new, well, they're about to take everything over. I hate to say it, but I think it's going that way. Recently, we have learned that MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, and their executive director, David McDonald, has been in Washington, D.C., talking about trying to get MUFON in as the civilian coordinator for all civilian reports. Well, Enigma wants that. They've said it on their website. Enigma has allegedly already has a contract, which I found out today, with Arrow, the UFO group, and Mr. Sean Kirkpatrick, who runs it. Well, Sean Kirkpatrick and his team were also talking to MUFON. They have been pushing towards getting Enigma Labs underway and in the door so that's two do you see where i'm going with this connection here so when you add it all together nasa is working with enigma arrow is allegedly now working with enigma and does mufon fall into that category as soon to be working with enigma although it hasn't been announced this enigma labs is literally run by a billionaire with a millionaire who is putting it all together. Yes, Peter Thiel, who's very well known in PayPal, in Facebook, in social media, as well as with government contracts, as well with a high influence and donations to who gets elected in the United States has thrown about five to eight million dollars into the UFO brand called Enigma Labs. And they're being so secretive about it, they don't want anybody to know. It's like they're embarrassed that they don't want people to know who's involved with them. Yeah. It all seems a little too fishy. How this group comes out of nowhere and allegedly gets a contract with the brand new Aero program in Washington, D.C. They're asking for reports from pilots, both commercial and military. They want to run it all. They're asking for civilian reports to come on in. Well, unless they have a team of operators that is standing by 24-7 at five ninety nine a minute... I would suggest do not give them your report because you know where it's going. 
do you really need any alphabet agency, spy agency, having your personal information about your own ET contact, about your own UFO contact or what you witnessed in the sky? As a good friend has said, giving your info to Enigma equals giving your info to the CIA. Now, that's something I don't want, even though they probably have all my stuff for me doing this show for eight and a half years. Pretty sure that they do. No, it's a sad day for ufology when one group brought to you by millions has come in and swept it all up and they will sweep it all under the cover in the name of profit. Profit from budgets, profit from the government. And that's what they're going to do. It may not look like it yet, but mark my words because I don't think I'm wrong. And it's funny to watch the big players in the background, behind the scenes, all scrambling to figure out whether or not Enigma should be supported. There are many out there, believe it or not, who are not supporting this drive for one way or another. It feels to a few people I've talked to that they are being bought off for their information. And trust me when I say this, Enigma is throwing some big money at some big-name people within ufology. We're talking six figures. If they came to me and offered me six figures, I would say no. I would. Because I don't feel comfortable with their end goal. It would have to be millions. Because I'm worth millions. Trillions, maybe. No, they don't have that. But maybe a billion from Peter Thiel. He can afford it. He can give up one to old Davy. But nonetheless, what does this mean for you? You, the public, who has had an experience so extraordinary that all you're looking for is an answer. Well, let me tell you this. The doors are tightening and they're closing. If you don't want big government and big government agencies to have your personal phone number, address, the color of your bathroom sink, how many pairs of shoes you have in your closet, and how many forks have gone missing from your utensil drawer. How does that happen, by the way? Spoons at my house. Nonetheless, it happens, it's happening, and it's very uncomfortable. Because now, if MUFON does jump on board with this, where does the public go for their reports? Who do you hand them to? Can you trust the MUFON field investigators, even though they had no say regarding any of these meetings? I think if it comes out that MUFON has indeed joined up with Enigma Labs for reporting... I think you're going to see a giant walkout from MUFON members. I really do. I'm also hearing that some of the board of directors and people high up in MUFON are not very fond of the plan that is going on. Remember, MUFON was started as being a watchdog for the people. The people who didn't quite understand why they're citing 
was being called silly things like swamp gas or Venus in the sky. Yes, MUFON was supposed to be the ones for the people, the voice of the people who didn't have a say in ufology. But they are dying for popularity and to be in the UFO game so bad that they can't understand the difference between rolling a seven with two dice or rolling snake eyes. To them, it's the same. They've rolled snake eyes. Which means they will get into bed with anybody they want, give up whatever information they want, all in the good name of having the MUFON tag to disclosure. And I've talked to people at MUFON about this, and I said, hey, guys, aren't you supposed to be there for the people? Aren't you supposed to be there for what we are talking about? What we are seeing, experiencing? I've talked to a couple of state directors for MUFON who are unsure of what they're doing. Their their teams are standing pat right now, wondering what the hell is going on. Yes, ufology and disclosure are in trouble. This is officially a government game. Exactly what all these old-timers, these dinosaurs of ufology, have been claiming for the last five years since the inception of the To The Stars Academy. And here we are. Where do you go for your reports? Now, some will blindly follow Enigma. It happens to every group. Okay? If there's a split off of this show, we lose listeners because they go with other hosts. No, this is about control, everyone. This is about controlling the narrative. We have always said on this show, and we have stayed true to this this word, that this is a narrative that is being played out. We've said since the beginning to be careful for what you wish for. And this is the reason why we have always said, and I say this as a reminder, that we are in a confirmation movement, not a disclosure movement. For remember, disclosure means information. Confirmation is just confirmation of the unknown to the known. We know that UFOs are here. The government knows that UFOs are here. Even the janitors at Area 51 know that aliens are here. But some may laugh at it differently. This goes beyond what Lockheed Martin is doing. This goes beyond what Boeing is doing or Raytheon or any other defense contractor. They just want the toys. And they're building those toys. But this is about UFOs and what people are seeing. And right now, there are a bunch of orphans out there in UFO land who really will have nowhere to go very soon. So find your place to gather. Find your place to share information. And I don't recommend Facebook groups. What I do recommend is some brainiac out there who has the money to back it to create a watchdog group where people can turn in their reports and people can feel comfortable that their information is going to be protected. 
It's not about an app on a phone. It's not about uh, making sure that you have the latest and greatest in technology sitting in your hand. So when you get that UFO, you can send it there in real time. Who cares about that? Some do. I don't. For me, it's making sure that you, the experiencer or the eyewitness, has your information protected. And right now, I cannot say anywhere that I know of that will protect your privacy, your phone numbers, your address, your date of birth, how many people are in your family, your middle names, your dog's name, your email, where you work, and everything that belongs personally to you. Sit on those and wait for somebody to be the knight in shining armor who comes down from the sky above riding a horse with a spear ready to poke the eyes out of those who are taking over the narrative. And trust me, that narrative is not going anywhere for a long, long time. I hate to be the man of doom and gloom, but I say all of this to protect you out there, to make sure that you understand that going to MUFON right now, it's dangerous, especially if you have one of those grade A reports. Just sit on it for a while. Watch how this plays out because it isn't getting any prettier and it's only going to get uglier. And that ugliness happens to be Enigma Labs. That is your Dave 101 for this week. Do me a favor when you see it on YouTube. Leave me a comment below. Let me know what you think. What is your ideas? You think I'm right? You think I'm wrong? You let me know. Because I want to hear from you. It's time for the news. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Pooh's News. Let's get right to it. Yep. Well, this bird really became its own prey. Let me explain. A Mississippi woman was so angry that the family's pet rooster pecked at her daughter's face that she decided to kill it, cook it, and eat it for dinner. Megan Schmidt said on Facebook what had happened, writing that, Hey, hey, the the, the rooster attacked her and almost blinded her daughter. Well, it finally happened, she wrote. The post has now been deleted, by the way. One meat old backyard rooster Attacked the baby child. We were so lucky that he didn't do any more damage than he did. She included a photo in the post, first showing the girl with Hey Hey prior to, and then the darker photo of her daughter's face being all scratched up and her neck being scratched as well and cuts around her eyes. Well, the vengeful mom decided there's only one way, and that was chicken cannibalism. Yep. Hey, hey, was chicken nuggets for dinner, apparently. No remorse from the mama. He got what was coming to him. Mama didn't play when it comes to her baby. Schmidt also added two other photos. The first appeared to be bits of hey, hey, sizzling in oil in a frying pan. The other showing the rooster's smiling young victim as she eats deep fried hey, hey. Why not? Moving on. You can't make this stuff up, people. 
The man who calls himself the black alien gets upset sometimes because people don't understand why he's modified his body so much. Anthony Lafredo, the Frenchman who removed his ears, nostrils, and some fingers, sharpened his teeth and dyed them purple, and covered his body in extreme tattoos, says sometimes restaurants won't let him eat inside. If I want to eat at a restaurant, sometimes the server says, I can't eat on the terrace. Lafredo, who is 33 years old, says he wasn't happy living in the body he didn't belong in, finding new self-confidence from people who reportedly told him that his appearance makes him feel more secure with themselves. How about not caring about what other people think? Just a thought before you did all this body modification, but to each their own. It's a fight every day because every day you find new people who don't understand, who want to judge. It's life. Not everyone understands everything. Like me, I don't understand lots of things about lots of people. You can't judge someone. No one knows what's inside someone's head. That's true. Why are they doing that? You need to talk to the other person, continued Lafredo, who says he's just a normal guy with family and friends. Oh, and by the way, now he wants to get a leg amputated. Okay. 45 going on 18. A wealthy software developer has gone to extremes to find his version of the Fountain of Youth through an initiative called Project Blueprint. 45-year-old Brian Johnson spends millions of dollars to get the heart of a 37-year-old, skin of a 28-year-old, and fitness and lung capacity of an 18-year-old. Johnson's pursuit of eternal youth stems from a time when he was overweight, depressed, and nearly suicidal due to stress and working long hours. Johnson, who sold his payment processing company Braintree Payment Solutions to eBay for $800 million in cash when he was in his 30s, now has a team of 30 doctors and regenerative health experts overseeing his regimen. His goal now is to have all his major organs, including his brain, liver, kidneys, teeth, skin, hair, penis, and rectum, functioning as if they belong in the body of a person in his late teens. What I do may sound extreme, he says, but I'm trying to prove that self-harm and decay are not inevitable. Johnson eats a strict vegan diet amounting to 1,977 calories per day, does an hour-long high-intensity workout three times a week, goes to bed at the same time every night, and wakes up every morning at 5 a.m. He also takes two dozen supplements, drinks green juice packed with creatine and collagen peptides, and brushes and flosses his teeth while rinsing with tea tree oil and antioxidant gel. Well, it's a good experiment. Finally, maybe she's not a big fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Question had to be asked after a Florida woman was pulled from a storm drain for the third time in just shy of two years. Delray Beach Police said they responded to a call of someone possibly in distress while swimming in a canal, but they say the woman didn't respond to their question about whether she needed help. Instead, she climbed into a storm drain pipe. The woman went further into the pipe, but eventually firefighters got her out. The police and fire rescue team members used a ladder and rescue hunters to get her. The woman identified as Lindsay Kennedy was said to have minor injuries. She was taken to hospital. Police said Kennedy was rescued from the storm drain back in March 2021 as well. 
That is your news for the night. Hope you enjoyed it. It's awfully odd. Awfully odd. And a big thank you tonight to Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. To Swamp Dweller for providing us with another spooky story. And of course, our guest tonight, Thomas Willier Moustoose, our resident monster hunter. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Spreaker, Facebook, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, make a mistake. We're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the CPAP Games Live from the Hayes Bedroom. It's another eventful night, Bruce. It sure is, Ron. Steve has been struggling with his CPAP. His wife, Michelle, is trying to contain her rage. Michelle throws an elbow. Ah! She's leaving for the couch. Steve should get inspired. Absolutely, Bruce. Inspire is a sleep apnea treatment that gives you comfortable, restful sleep with the click of a remote. There's no mask and no hose. Just sleep. Learn more at InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com.